Well, welcome to the Cheesy Chicken Podcast, dude. All right, that was uh, James slash, what's the character's name? Troy. Troy, okay, I can yeah. remember. Yeah, Troy. We have Ian Stewart slash Mark. Yep. And Out of character today. Yeah, of course. It'd um, be hard to do a podcast if I was going like, yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I told him. We were talking about it earlier. I'm like, yeah, if we kept him in character, he's Ian might as well just stay home. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I would, I would not do it. I'd be like, nah. <laughs> no, I'm I wouldn't gonna do get, it. I'm going to get high in my house instead. An hour and a half of you just going, yep. Yeah. I'm not doing oh, yeah. all the talking. Yeah. Um, well, thank you guys for coming on to the show. Yeah. I've asked you a long time ago, you know, just trying to make sure the time is correct. They are two comedians slash actors. I've known now for not known like deeply, but known of for a while now. How about a year with you? Yep. A little over a year, and me and you have crossed paths on the ice at some point. Yeah. James and Ian, I've you learned. Right, you know James through hockey. You know me through comedy. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, how I actually got a hold of Ian is I was trying to like get into um, stand up for the first time. I just wanted to try it, and I was, I didn't know much about open mics or anything else like that. And so I literally just Googled where open mics are in Maine and it came up to a Reddit page. And uh-huh. so I went on that and there was people talking about it and it says, get a hold of Ian Stewart. Oh, really? Yeah. That was the one positive thing on there. Yeah, the one <laughs> the rest of it was like, oh, yeah. by the way, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah I, didn't, I didn't read. I didn't continue yet. It's like um, your number's written on a bathroom wall somewhere. Oh, I'm like, sure. <laughs> just, dude, there, there, I'm sure there are poetry barns and fucking bookstores with my number and fucking fuck this cisgendered male over my phone number for sure, I'm sure. Yeah. If you see him, cancel him. Cancel him. <laughs> Yeah, so I went on Facebook and looked up Ian Stewart, and I was hoping you were the person that I sent a message to. Yeah, dude. So I was here on the computer, and um, I don't. Do you know who James? Do you know who Dennis Patnode is? The guy that I, I do, Denny. Yeah. Denny. I yeah, call Denny. him Denny. Yeah, everyone does. Yeah, he's great. Um, he's missing a tooth. Yeah. <laughs> he. Uh, I was typing in the messenger to you saying, "Hey, this is Ron." Blah blah blah. Whole paragraph. Normally, I just send it, no yeah. checking over anything. But I wanted to make sure I did it right, so I reread it. Said, "Hey, this is Fag." And then the whole paragraph. I'm like, what? I'm like, how did it correct me to that? <laughs> so I delete, you know, back, back, back. Hey, this is Ron. Space. Fag. Apparently, at some point, Denny changed it in the computer. <laughs> oh, no. So, so when I put my name in, it, it would just change it to that. So I almost sent that to you. You got him, like, Denny. You got him. Yeah, that would have been a solid just first impression. Well, to be fair, like, at least I'll say this. It's good you hit me up because um, there are other Ian Stewart's of notable... Um, acclaim. Uh, there's Ian Stewart, the wedding dressmaker, who's very like very well known. Actually, I could I can't have IanStewart.com because that motherfucker's got it. <laughs> and uh, and then the, the the there's another one, a notorious one, uh, Ian Stewart Donaldson, uh, but shortened to Ian Stewart, who was the singer of a, a racist uh, skinhead band from the UK called uh, Skin, uh, Screwdriver. And so sometimes I'll get people that'll hit me up. They're like, "Hey, brother!" Like, "Nah, man!" Like, that's <laughs> not my you my got your thing, red laces dude. on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But and hey. then and then the, the, my favorite Ian Stewart is there's an Ian Stewart in Florida who uh, is serving life in prison right now because he murdered his wife over a game of Boggle. I, <laughs> and like out of all of them, I kind of identify with him the most. You know what I mean? Because like I've been there, but with Uno, like fucking, you're dropping a, a you're, it's a draw four on my Uno. Fuck you. He has Facebook in prison too, just so he can reach out yeah. to people like that. I need that guy on the show. That's yeah, the, the guy. I the want boggle to hear his killer. Story. <laughs> I want to know what word 
he was trying to make. <laughs> then he was like, all right, fucking snapping. That timer went off yeah. just a little too early. <laughs> Divorce. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, so, yeah, that's how I, I met you. And then we went and um, I got a hold of you. I probably bugged you way too much about uh, doing stand-up. Oh, not doing fuck. Huh? I'm just... I, to be honest, the only people that do get a hold of me are the people that bug me because I'm not... Like, right... like. I'm sure a few people have texted me right now, but because they've texted me now, I'm never going to read it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll, I read the message. For the most part, I read messages when I, like, get them or when I turn my phone on. But, like, if you've messaged me and I haven't touched my phone in 12 hours, this is very – because I get so many messages, it's buried to a point where, like, I don't know. I just, That's how my brother is. My I'm brother. the you same get way. At, you have to get at me. Same way. I'm like, it's almost better to call me. Yeah. Well, there you go. I didn't have it, oh, yeah. so it didn't oh, work yeah. out. Uh, my brother's like that. He's a MMA fighter, and I I text him, and he won't get back to me forever. I have to try to call him. I saw his phone one time. He had like seventy five text messages, and like he didn't clear any of it. So yeah, that's yeah. how it gets buried. Is that you? Thirteen calls. Thirty. I'm at seventy four. I'm at seventy four text messages. Oh, I didn't see that. Part. Yeah, that that I have not answered because of that situation, exact situation. Yeah. And I tell people, they're like, why didn't you get back to me? They get upset. Like, why didn't you get back to me? But it's their fault because I was busy when they text me. Yeah. You know? Uh, the side of that, sometimes, too, is like I'll see a message and I'm like, all right, I'm going to text them back. But then I don't because I forget. <laughs> That's usually me. It's, That's your you fault. sit there and you just, you just don't want to do it. You're just like, no, it's not, I mean, it's not even that. It's more of like, you know, it's, I'll usually be in the middle of something. And if I'm in the middle of something, I'll be like, yep, good text. Like, I'm definitely going to reply to that. And then just, like, it slips my mind. Dude, I mean, this is the same thing with, like, if I go to the grocery store and, like, my fiance is like, oh, and pick up this. If it's the la- if she says it last minute, I'll never pick it up. Yeah, it's the same. No I can be sitting on the couch doing nothing and Ronnie will text me. I'll look at it and I'll just go, Ugh. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> sounds like you're suffering from depression. <laughs> Man, Maybe. This, this guy is brought on by Ronnie. Yeah. Right? I'm the only one that that is, accurate. <laughs> that is accurate. That is accurate. Yeah. We've known each other too long for this. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I like the gold microphones, by the way. Yeah. They're really, really expensive. They're like, what, seven, eight dollars a piece? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. They were like 40 bucks. Nice. So. They sound pretty good, right? Yeah, no, no. I think they. I, I like how they look, though. For, for the most, like, I, I think they sound good, but really like how they look. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've had people come on. They're like, "Wow, I shouldn't be on here. It's gold microphones." Like, they look like worry. somebody should be freestyle rapping on <laughs> right now. <laughs> Didn't you but, get these on Wish? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw these on Sway in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll say that, but like, not good raps though. Like a <laughs> lot of raps, but not good ones. Cell phone raps. Yeah, yeah. You're definitely out. Like, you know, cell phone out. Like any rap reader. that's rapping a gold microphone like this starts with "Yo, check it." <laughs> <laughs> Yo, check it. Huh? Mm. That's mm. because they're making sure it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Check, check. Mm. I can't, can't can't hear myself. Then they then you have to start adjusting your shit. Can someone turn my microphone up? <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, obviously, you guys comedians. Clearly, you guys are hilarious. Um, what started you, Ian? We'll go with Ian first. What started you with uh, comedy? Because I've been doing know, it for a while. Because I've been checking some of your stuff. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. I started doing actual. I did my first actual stand up when I was still in high school. Um, I don't know. I've always been obsessed with comedy like i've always so i'll say that so my dad is a musician like he's done that for a living right like he's a, a he owns a studio now but he's always been like a touring musician and shit like that and did a bunch of cool shit and uh i, I knew from him that i didn't want like a, a regular like nine to five job like i wanted like to like be creative for my fucking income you know what i mean 
And so that kind of started me on this path of like, yo, I want to be like a musician like my dad or, you know. And uh, I quickly realized that my motivation and the things that I like wanted to do uh, far outweighed a lot of like my friends. Like if I've started trying to start a band, trying to get people to practice for like more than like once a fucking every two weeks was impossible. And I want to practice every night. And then not only did I want to practice every night, I wanted to like fucking make fake CD album art and then i wanted to fucking make a website you know what i mean like i was just like motivated to get shit done the creative side. yeah absolutely and so like i had a really hard time doing that with bands and so i did that a little bit with hip-hop but like i like hip-hop and i have timing enough to the point where like i can rap but also it's not who the fuck i am you know what i mean like i can't like just that the, i enjoy a lot of local hip-hop and i'm friends with a lot of local hip-hop dudes but it's just like not my culture i guess you know what i mean like i'm just too I don't know, fucking like methed out for it, I suppose. Not, not, not that I smoke meth, but I'm just like, it's not, like I just, I'm more comfortable with like drinking at like a Slayer concert than I am like going to like a fucking Dead Press show. And I like both of them, but as far as like where I'm at as who I am, you know what I mean? Like I just get along with like Hessian fucking metal guys. Your dad was a hip hop guy or? No, so my dad is a folk musician. Like he was like, so you know Peter, Paul and Mary? You know, like, right. like, uh, Puff like, the Magic Dragon. Puff the okay, Magic yes. Dragon or Leaving on a Jet Plane or whatever the fuck, a bunch of shit. He uh, did a lot of work with Noel, who is Paul. Noel Paul Stuckey is Paul from Peter, Paul, and Mary. So his solo career, my dad did, like, a ton of work on that shit. So he does, like, a lot of work with, like, folk musicians. No, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Did you pick up an instrument, or were you just hip-hop? Yeah, no, no. So I can play, I, for the most part, I can play any instrument. And oh, the reason really? I liked hip-hop, too, is because I would make my own beats. So I would produce pretty much, like, everything. And, ra- like, it was, it was musical, and it gave me something to do, but it just wasn't. What I was putting out, I don't think really represented who I was, I suppose, as far as a creative outlet. And everyone, and also with that, with that said, when I was in high school doing bands, I tried comedy a few times. And everyone was like, oh, man, you're so young. You should keep doing this. You should keep doing it. But like, comedy's fucking hard, especially when you're like 18 and your ego's attached to it. Man, it's like brutal when you're not, when you bomb like, and, you're, and you're that young, that, that amount of, um, with like, I guess, not discourse, but fucking discredit with the fucking I'm stone i don't know it's like <laughs> i think you mean it's like when your teachers your whole life have been telling you you can do anything then you bomb when you're 18 like no you can't yeah well <laughs> i mean dude, it's just it's, it's a stand-up stand-up is hard to the point where and, and there's also you got to jump right into it like there, it's cold immediate water there's no like wading into stand-up to like ooh, maybe i'll get maybe i'll do a little bit of this and a little bit of that like it's like you got to jump in and so i did stand up for like a year and I enjoyed it, but man, like it just like it brought so much anxiety. Like, dude, I remember doing a stand-up comedy show. I did do a comedy show at the Comedy Connection, and I was like 18. I was working at this place doing medical records, and I remember for two days before the show, I had to like eat an entire bottle of Tums because I was so sick to my stomach, worrying about doing five minutes on stage. It just fucked me up. So it wasn't fun to the point. Started doing music again. The music thing just wasn't for me. Uh, I dated a chick uh, who was super into oxycotton. Uh, she went to rehab. I dried out. I wasn't really. I wasn't doing that, but I was partying pretty hard. Uh, I dried out in my sister's basement when I was like 24, 25, and I had nothing to do. I wasn't doing any music, and I had no money. And I was like, oh man, like maybe I can do like my old jokes at an open mic night. So I went to a Slancha comedy open mic night, started doing comedy there, and that's what kind of progressed me to a point where I'm at now. I suppose. Yeah. Is this your like, your both years? Like, is this your full time job? You guys got nothing else going on? Yeah, like you stand up, not just the show. No, I mean, so for like as far as income, yeah, stand. I mean, stand up now, nah, fuck no. I mean, a little yeah. bit, like there's some. I'll do like some shows, like but like my actual income now is from writing for a uh, cannabis magazine. Oh, nice. 
Yeah. I'm going to actually apologize for anyone who does actually listen to this for the music in the background because I can actually hear it. The figure skaters, because we're at an ice rink. Um, the figure skater music, I can actually hear. So. I, hope, I like the I setup, by the way. Like this is how this is how villains are set up in movies, <laughs> where they're like in a, like an innocuous fucking place. Like, yeah, just meet me at the ice skating rink upstairs. You know what I mean? Like that's just such a yeah, random. We should have fucking... a poker game going. This yeah, where, exactly. This is where cash is counted. Yeah, so I said, the, room, the room's called Russo's, right? Yeah. So just meet me at Russo's. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I did that, um, I've like my my family's a bunch of or my dad's an entertainer. He's actually a musician too. He's done it. Maybe not the 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 amount of work your dad's done but he's done a bunch of shit gone to la he's a, he was a producer for a long time and everything nice. else he still is he just does his own music now um but so i've done a lot of entertaining stuff i've played music with him everywhere i went to la i did with him now you know off and on so going on stage and stuff isn't doesn't bug me but when i did the stand-up for the first time i felt sick to my stomach i was so nervous because i've and it was a feeling i've never had before keith can back me up in a way where I don't get nervous that often or, you know, embarrassed or whatever a lot of times, but that I was just shaking big time. Yeah. And it, it was only, I only had like, what, two and a half minutes of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But like, I, with that said, though, too, is that exact feeling is what people, that drags people in. It's that weird thrill, you know what I mean? It's the same, it's the exact same feeling of jumping off with a fucking bungee rope, bu- yeah. a, you know, a, a bungee. The, uh, people are, definitely the first time you're gonna be sick to your stomach, but like, some people like that shit. And yeah. then eventually you're just like, you know, I'm going to try and get bigger and bigger audiences so I get sicker feeling. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah, I did a, uh, I did, I got a couple laughs and it was one of those things where I'm like, I wish I had more material. I only yeah. had like two and a, I made fun of my son brushing his teeth for two minutes or something like that. Uh, dude, I still remember uh, your son dancing in the mirror. That's a great bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's a fu- that's like a legitimately funny piece of It's of all comedy. true too, man. Well, that's, and that's what it. the funniest shit is. It's like, it, what's true to you? And if you are talking, if you're, ta- if you're talking about your story, you're telling your story and you look like your fucking jokes, you're not lying. You're just exaggerating maybe even a little bit, right? Mm. Um, that's what people will uh, adhere to. You know what I mean? Like people, people want your jokes to look like you have truly experienced them. So if you truly have experienced them, it's you're not trying to sell it. It is. Some you know? of the best comedy is relatable comedy. Yeah. Think, things yeah. that we all experience, but until somebody puts it in front of you in a certain tone or a certain way, you don't realize it's funny until they're like, you know, yeah, exactly. they hand it to you that way. Yeah, there was another time I went up there and I kind of had something else, a little extra to do, but I did that one first. And I noticed the crowd, like, I was trying to read it a little bit and I noticed a lot of them were young people. And um, it was when, what's her name? Um, Mick, uh, Chelsea, Chelsea. Oh yeah, Chelsea Mack. Uh, Hurt and Flirtin, one of those shows. It was one of those. Both I'm looking Phoenix. at the crowd. I'm like, oh shit! Like everyone's like 20 years old here. So I'm like, they're not going to get the eight year old. But then I had the one dad. You can tell the guy was like 45, and the wife and everything. They came in and they laughed, so it helped out a lot. But yeah, it's it's something I want. Obviously, I want to try again. But it, there's nothing going on right now for open mics, is there? Nah, uh, I think there was an open mic last night at like a dude's house. Oh, that's yeah. like the, you know what I mean? That's the majority of it. Yeah. Like bring your own beer at a backyard. I mean, that's unfortunately too, like, you know, open mics are not known to bring in a substantial amount of beer revenue. And, uh, there's a, there's because bars are operating at such a fucking shit level right now. It's kind of hard to be like, Hey, we're going to have like 10 people mostly drinking waters here, screaming at whatever crowd you actually have. Like, nah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm good. You know? Yeah. The, um, there was one time I went on it because I've only done I did Bullfinis I think three or four times mm-hmm. at you one of your shows the Hurt and Flirting and all that and um, one of the times I think it was my third time I was going up I actually had a seizure ten minutes before I went on 
So I'm in the Jesus. table right before, like just a potato. And I said, I, I'm not losing my spot. So I went up anyway, still having a seizure. And I did my whole thing. I talked and I didn't even do my material. I just started saying things that I've never had before. Oh, I started shit. talking about my freaking Laotian friend and shit he's done. And <laughs> I just, I started just talking and it was like three or four minutes later. I'm like, all right, thanks guys. And went off. I don't even know how it went. I just, it was just freaking a complete, just shut down. It, but hey, I did it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, most of the comedians uh, you see at Bullfinias are having a fucking mental episode as well. <laughs> so it's not anything out of the box. You probably did just as good as them. Yeah, it, it's, it is fun knowing. No, no, but they're, they're, they're certain they did good when they got off, <laughs> off stage. Yeah, they yeah were... I, I assumed I was shit. <laughs> no. But one thing I like about going in the middle is, because that guy was so nervous the first time, is uh, watching some people are like, all right, that was, you know, okay, a lot, not a lot of people laugh for that one. And so I felt a little more confident going up, you know, that I'm not going to be the only one that didn't get too much. Oh, dude. That, I mean, that's the thing, man. Like, I used to teach a comedy writing class. And my whole thing is if you want to do local comedy or not sure if you should do local comedy, go to a fucking open mic. Go to an open mic. And I promise by halfway through, you're going to be like, oh, well, I can do this. Yeah, my shit's If this is what we're all doing here, then I can definitely fucking do this. And that's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Go to an open mic. And... uh and, and, and you know, comedy is, all, you know, you guys are competitive dudes. You like sports and shit like that. Comedy is more like a like snowboarding. It's what you fucking make it. You know what I mean? And um, I don't know where the fuck I was going with that. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I have no idea what I was going with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I have a bunch of new stuff in my head. And when I'm writing, uh, uh, writing things, it's usually in times that I can't write it down. I'm driving. All that stuff that I said and stuff I've used, I don't know if you were there for all of them. The stuff I used, it was literally while I was driving home and back from work. I never wrote any of it down. It's just, I just kept running it through my head over and over again. And that's what I did before I did it. I just kept thinking it over and over again. Because usually it's either when I'm driving or when I'm sleeping is when I think of it all. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to fucking get up and write any of this down. Yeah. So when I do finally get something where I'm going to write it down, I try to just do bullet points. I'll go back. Sorry, bro. I go back to it later and uh, I don't understand what the fuck I just did. Like today, I was actually driving the Zamboni and I thought of something great about my son that I could use. Got off the ice, completely forgot what it was. I would, yeah. do, I would do a bit about driving the Zamboni, yeah. to be honest with you. I had one I was going to use. I think I actually used it in my um, my seizure episode there. Um, where it was, This is a true story. I was having a seizure while I was playing hockey. And so it was happening, and I can usually, if it's not a bad one, my motor skills are still there. I'll actually play through it. So I went to the face-off dot, and I'll have fun with my seizures sometimes, where I knew the ref wasn't going to do anything. So I went up, I tried the face-off, failed horribly. I went to the ref during the play and go, hey, I'm having a seizure right now. And he just looked at me like, I go, seriously, I'm having a seizure right now. And he just skated away. <laughs> like nothing happened. I'm like, thanks, I could have died and nobody would have cared. There's well. very few situations where I've seen you like you were really having a seizure usually you just go wash dishes or something like you get up and go and wash dishes to try to hide it yeah my but. my instinct usually is um just to get away from people because i can't hear what they're saying and i can't understand if it's getting a little worse so it gets pretty sketchy that's scary he's yeah. having one right now i was yeah, gonna so. say like when yeah what time is it if i don't yeah. take my pills for a day and a half two two days that's when i can turn into the whole fish you know grandma thing but yeah. usually it's that's crazy. usually it's fine but um there was something else I was going to ask you, but I completely spaced what it was. Oh, I, I, let me interject though. You have to write down the shit you think is funny because you will for fucking you will forget. I have actually, notes that I tried. I do my best. There was something I was thinking about because there was a kid coming in, uh, and I, was, I thought about this. 
uh, I gotta write it down. But it, the idea is like you know, like this little kid came in, and there's like a bunch of kids like with like hockey shit, and like you're in Falmouth, and like I feel like the way that these kids grew up is not how like I grew up, but as our generation grew up as a whole. And my idea for a joke would just to be like, by a round of applause, how many people in this room knew what beer tasted like as a child? <laughs> and I feel like I'd get a lot of applause. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. there'd be quite uh, in a cough, in a, in a, uh, you know. I sure did. <laughs> but, I, you know, I feel like that's not really the thing anymore. But yeah, it's, it's so important to write down your shit. You won't, you won't remember it. Yeah, I have. I do bullet points the best I can, and sometimes I'll go back, and it's like I don't understand what the. Do fuck you have an iPhone? Like. Yeah, dude. I, I when I'm in the car, I do the talk to type yeah. on my notepad. I've done that I a just, couple times. Yeah, talk to text. Yeah, Tom. I should. I, that's yeah. what I. I need to do that then. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um. I swear, when I talk though, like in norm, like just the way that I talk, and it always wants to like autocorrect my shit when I'm doing that. So it's always like, what's all this trucks? I didn't. I don't, I'm not writing about trucks. <laughs> Duck. <laughs> Ducks on the iPhone. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> you have an Android. Android goes truck. Yeah. iPhone goes duck. Yeah, it goes duck. <laughs> Speaking of how you got how you got raised or whatever, where are you guys from originally? I'm from Gorham. I grew up in Lewiston. All right, the dirty. He was I, asking, I was I was curious. I just yeah. wanted to know. I know that in the past there's been a lot of people who do the whole the main bit. Yeah, but they're not from here. They got. But like Bert and I, for oh, instance, oh they're yeah, not, they're, oh, neither no. one of them is even from Maine. We yeah, are, yeah, yeah. we're real, we're right. real legit. Yeah, yeah, but with problems. that, I know it's funny you brought up Bert and I because like we're doing uh, with, the, with Welcome to Maine. A lot of people will like initially they'll be like, oh Bob Marley or uh, Letter Kenny or something like that. We are legitimately just like ripping off Bert, Bert and I. <laughs> uh, uh, John, uh, what the fuck's his name? Now, of course, I forgot his fucking name. Now I'm gonna look up Bert and I now. Yeah, Bert and I. It's, cl- it's like classic you, '80s fucking comedy. You had to be. You had to have like grandparents that listened to it. If you didn't, you wouldn't know. Usually, yeah. it's not a. It's a. You know what's funny is I. My dad is friends with Tim Sample, so that's how I found nice. out about them. Tim Sample worked with Marshall Dodge after Bert and I. Marshall Dodge was one half of Bert and I. But Bert and I was uh, storytelling and sound effects. It was a two-dude operation. Um, but yeah, and it's funny. It's uh, what the fu- I can't think of that fucking comedian's name. There's another comedian that's like a, a main-based comedian. I'm going to remember, remember his name by the time this is over. But he, he put out like 13 albums um, from like 1988 to like 1999 when he died. When he was like 80 years old, a storyteller. He was so friggin' good. What I know who you're talking about, too. Name? I see his CDs at Farmer's Market. Yo, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, what is his name? Dude, but he's, he's amazing. But his, his way of telling stories and the way that he exaggerated um, basically like nouns is exactly what we do with Welcome to Maine. Nice. Yeah, that, that stuff is hilarious. Which one did you do? Uh, fucking, oh, I, I had a question for it. Like, I think I asked my wife and she said it was a thing going around. But the one you did... Where you're on the TikTok with those uh, girls? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a real like you actually were on there with those girls, <laughs> and, and they, they like were laughing at like, me for real. What the fuck? We know it's funny as I put that up on Facebook, and like TikTok is like for like children, right? Like old people do not know what's going on, dude. I got a few people that they were like, "Hey, man." Fuck those chicks, bro. I was just going like, to say dude, that. You, don't, that you deserve so better, bro. Like, you don't even need that shit. Like, they didn't understand. That. I was like, yeah, I'm doing a It's a fucking bit, man. <laughs> These girls are literally hated for bullying now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're getting like, canceled. Their, their lives They're are getting over. canceled. Dude, a, a guy put a fucking a, a cry face emoji on yeah. the post. He's like, oh, my, I can't believe you got your heart broken like that, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and you're just like, yeah. Oh, yeah. These yeah. girls are terrible. And you know what's funny, though? It took me a few. I did that. You know, it's like, I think when people like, people think with Welcome to Maine, like we just like busted out or, you know, like we're even half the characters. Uh, dude, it took me like, I want to say like a half an hour to knock out that little eight second 
bit to get that the way that I wanted to. Oh, just the, the facial expression. Yeah, yeah, just else? just the, the the interaction. It took me a while. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, fuck, I keep just jump. My head's jumping around with things I want to ask you. Um, all right, we'll it'll it'll come back. We'll just do this part. So, James, so we're obviously same question I asked Ian. Where'd you when and where'd you start and who's yeah. the people that. You know, if you had any favorite comedians or yeah, I mean, I started like in my later twenties. I did. Um, how old I, are you? How old are you guys now? I'm 35. Yeah, 35. Yeah. yeah. So I started when I was like 28. I did it for the first time at like an open mic. My buddy was a doctor, and uh, he was doing his residency. He was from Toronto, and he like convinced me. He's like, "You gotta, you gotta try this. You have to try this." And he's like, "Trust me." And I was like, "Okay, I'll try." And I did, and I had a great time. Really got the addiction right first time. First time the needle went in the arm. I was coming back for more. So um, I started doing it in Portland at Be Good, at the open mics at Be Good. Sam Pelletier was running. Yep. And um, <clears throat> then I linked up with Ian probably like a year after that. And uh, just like anyone else, I was like, hey, like I really want to do some shows. And just like anyone else, he didn't answer me. You know, <laughs> he, he duffed all of my messages. Yeah. And uh, oh, I sighed. But we got linked up and... Um, We've been working together now for like five years, I think. I I don't know, maybe. I'm I'm not very good with time, but probably five years. The thing is, too, like James is like not like kind of leaving out is. So I've always trapped. Like I've always what has happened is, I've been good at promotion, and I've always had like thirty to forty minutes of comedy. So I've always been able to like kind of like locally pass myself as like a fucking quote unquote headliner. And so with that said, is like I'll get these gigs around Maine, and I've always been like, all right, I need a, a few com- comics with me to open the show, you know. And I've always selected the com- comedians that I work with based on their work ethic, not exactly. The, I, they've got to have decent material, and they've got to be likable. Even if they bomb, they've got to be like likable on stage. But for the most part, I really like try and get people that have like a fucking actual work ethic because comedy, much like anything, is just a progression. You you you're gonna start shit. But if you work at it enough, you will find a voice and find, you know, a, like a backbone. Exactly. 100%. 100%. And so really comedy comes down to work ethic. And so I try to find dudes with or, or gals or whoever with work ethics. And, and James had a really fucking killer work ethic. So nice. that's why we've and continue. And that's why we, we continue to work together. It's like there's no fucking around. It's either let's get it done or. Now, do you, do you go also by um, picking the, the type of material? Do they have to be in the same genre as you kind of thing? No, 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 no. I think for me, pers- so I usually have like a rule of like one sad boy per show, which means like depressed, like, oh, fucking life sucks comedy. And there's a ton of it in Portland, oh, right? I, I can do like that maybe once a show. But the, for the most part, and who I am and who I get along with is just high energy people. Like I don't, I feel like, and with that, it's not that I don't like sad boy comedy. I just like, I know that I rub them the wrong way. And if I'm doing a comedy show, I don't want to be... I don't want. I want the energy to all just be able to like. Let's fucking get it done and do it. You know what I mean? I don't want to have to play. Not to say that that's not valid, but I don't want to placate someone's bullshit. Yeah. Everybody in the audience are in Maine already has a low vitamin D count, so yeah. you don't need to you know drag it <laughs> yeah. down even more. Yeah, and that's the other thing too is, and if you know, if I was doing like some cool underground show where everyone's twenty years old, then yeah, fucking load up the sad boy comics. But for the most part, the gigs that we play, it's like. 40 50 year old people that brought you know their significant other and they worked all fucking week and they want to sit there and they want to laugh mindlessly for two hours see that's my kind of material with the kids <laughs> they can yeah. accept, they know exactly what's going on the reason i asked is because when i did go to um those bullfinis the ones after the three or four i did do 
I was like, I think I was just about the only one that had the family comedy. You know what I mean? I didn't do much. Obviously, yeah. I did like three minutes. You know, it is what it is. Um, but I noticed I was the only one doing those. Everything else was, for lack of better words, aggressive. I don't know how you guys call it, uh, like aggressive comedy. Uh, so I was like, I felt like I was kind of out of place with it. But at the same time, it was a change of pace for what everyone else was doing. So that's what I was asking is if, you know, if like do aggressive, I, I'm, I don't know if you guys have a better word for it, but you know what I mean? Aggressive comedy compared to, I would they, call it, I would call together. it assertive comedy. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't <laughs> no. think of it. Yeah. No, but you no, know no. what I mean? Yeah, Instead of, course, of the, the mom and pops, you know, I made the kid jokes and stuff like that compared to. Um, oh, like clean comedy and dirty yeah, comedy. Clean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's clean, com- good, clean comedy is hard. And I think especially when you're like with Bull Phoenix, it's a lot of open mic shit, right? Uh, an easy laugh is the dark shit. The easy laugh is the ooh, we're not supposed to say it. Um, you got to be really good to like fucking knock out the like the, the good clean comedy. And that's the thing is like the people that that started off doing good clean comedy, they will get to a point where they start doing you know good clean comedy. Uh, it'll take those open mic comics two or three years when they you know can't get the gigs that they want. They're like, well, why not? They're like, well, we can't do fifteen minutes of nine eleven jokes. We have to have. <laughs> Something to break that shit up. Yeah. Uh, then they'll start writing clean jokes like what you're trying to do right yeah. now. Yeah, I have the stuff, like I have a bunch of stuff that can go a little both ways. It's not too aggressive. I remember seeing one kid there and every other word was pussy. Every other word was fuck. And the yeah, people yeah. were like just trashing him. The people in the crowd was kind of pretty aggressive. With I guy. know who that was. It was the chubby guy. Uh, oh, shit. I think I don't remember. Maybe I don't know his name, but he was. Some <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, we don't even bring it up. I mean, to be and also with that said, I mean, comedy. You know, you learn. Unfortunately, much like and the reason I brought up snowboarding is you learn. You get better at snowboarding by hurting yourself, and the exact same thing is true with comedy. Is like the only way you're going to get good at comedy is bombing. And a lot of people will ask me like, "Oh, how do I get good at comedy?" Is you need to. You have you start with an ego Learn from your mistakes. Well, no, not even that. You start with an ego. You're gonna be like, I'm the I'm gonna be the best fucking comic. I'm funnier than all these motherfuckers. And you start going up and doing stand up comedy and thinking about stand up comedy is dramatically different. When you start doing stand up comedy, you're like, oh, okay, you know, and and you you're coming from a a different view, and you need to build to a point where your ego that you initially started with just gets fucking shattered, gets destroyed to a point where then you can start doing comedy from a place of not giving a fuck, like truly not giving a fuck. And until you can, and, and then we start, you know, doing comedy where you don't give a fuck, even if it's clean comedy, but that, that, that vibe, that essence, that energy of not giving a fuck, like, I don't care if you laugh or not. It, this is me. That's, mm-hmm. that's what, that, that's what sparks it. But that means that that destruction is necessary for that to happen. Unless you have like some pure ego and you're a fucking angel. But I, I think for the most part, you need, you need to get fucking burnt um, yeah. before you can, it's also like there's a there's a stigma of I think comedians well there I mean comedians are some of the most hateful people I've ever met in my life and uh, they'll they will not like you the second they meet you regardless of doesn't matter if you're a good person or a bad person or whatever I think that's any scene but the thing in comedy that I've seen is the if someone does bad and then they see someone they hate do well, that breaks them down even more. Oh, yeah. I'm one of those people where I don't think I... Succeed. I, 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 actually want the, I actually want everybody to do well every show I'm on anyway because it's good for the show, you know? That's I don't, kind of my dude, mentality. I, think, I, don't know, I, I don't know anyone that's actually working that feels like that. Like, that, want, that wants the show to go well? No, 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 no. That feel like that like gets 
that if they see someone do well, it crushes them. I think that's like oh, a. I think. It's I think that, and I don't. I don't think that's even like a comedy thing. I think that that's a lot of people. A lot of people like that's a lot of Facebook shit. It's a. Like, it's a sports thing. Oh, we're on thing. vacation. Fuck that guy. No, it will not. It's a sports thing for sure. Right, yeah, but I mean, but yeah, it's. I think, it's, it's like de- I think I see it in comedy. But I think what. Like but that. success comes from you need to be inspired. Like any. Like any. If you, you know, if you're going to be a good, uh, uh, you need a good. You know, hockey player. If someone does well or someone's doing better than you, you can't be like, oh, fuck him. You could be like, that's awesome. I could do that and do better. You know what I mean? And it's the exact, it's not like anything. Yeah. So, no, that, I think, I think, you're, I break think his legs. what I'm trying to, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you fucking ice him? <laughs> yeah. What I'm trying to say is, is, is that there are people that they don't like immediately. So, every, a lot of people are going to do well and they're like, hey, good for you, that guy. That's awesome. Then they see the guy they don't like do well. And they're just like, all right, I didn't like that. You That's know what me I and mean? him were like that. Me and him, before we became best friends, uh, we didn't in like each other. Middle school. Yeah, it was actually sixth grade. I remember seeing him outside with one of my friends. I was on the bus and I was driving by and there was a field. And him, he was hanging out with one of my friends. Never even met the guy. Barely, I think, ever seen him. And instantly, I was like, fuck this guy. <laughs> like, I Literally. was jealous. Like, he's hanging out with my friend. And, then, and he just had one of those. And this isn't even a joke. He just had one of those faces and, like, auras. When I first saw him, I'm like, I don't. Who the fuck is this guy? I hate this guy. Through, through, through middle school, we never knew each other, never talked, never crossed paths, but we didn't like each other. And we didn't know until we came together in like freshman year or something like that. That's when uh, we started hanging out. And I'm like, dude, you realize I hated you in middle school? And he's like, dude, I hated you in middle school. <laughs> dude, I didn't like James the first time I met him. He called me like, he said something like, so I was like hosting this competition and I remember he addressed me and I think he said something like, hey, chief or like, hey, he like, it was something like, I was like, I don't, you don't fucking call me that, bro. Like, you know, it's, I'm not, I'm not the homie. You know hey, what I mean? Hey, bud. Did but he I tap you on the head beforehand? No, or? I can't, but I can't remember what he said. He said something like that and I was like, no, you don't call me that. And he was nice enough. He was like, oh, I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. Thank like, you for the heads up. I, that's a go-to for me. I yeah. say chief all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't even know why it pissed me off. I was, I was getting, I was pissed off because I was getting ripped off that night financially by the promoter. No, it's because Ian uh, doesn't like some people the second he meets them. I I had done well, and he was not happy about that either. (laughs) That's fucking funny. Um, In uh, today's day and age, you guys have been doing this for a little while now. You've been doing it for quite a while. It's. has it changed over the past like 10 years with all the the cancel culture and censorship and all that do you find it harder with audiences now (laughs) yeah we're waiting we're just waiting for our turn into bet like into jump on that like has it changed your material at all no no because you know it's funny like i i don't i don't think it changed and the other thing too is like all my favorite comedians are still doing edgy shit like i think maybe there are more people that i mean here's the thing is like everyone's saying, like all oh, this crazy cancel culture. Like people used to fucking pick it outside of Andrew Dice Clay shows in the eighties. Like pick it with signs like you're going to hell. Like people have hated fucking edgy comedy forever. This isn't anything new. They want to pretend like it's something new, so they have a little bit of traction. But people have been whining and pissing about fucking finding the edge forever, forever. It's not. I don't think it's a new phenomenon at all. I just think it's probably a little bit more hip now. I think. Back in the day when the pissing and moaning about art, it was coming from like, you know, old people or like, oh, mom just doesn't understand. And now it's like, oh, well, you know, this 15 year old kid just doesn't understand the context of, of this joke. But not to say that again, not to say any of that shit's not valid, but like as far as a stand up comedian, and I'll say that maybe 10 years ago, I wouldn't have ended a lot of things I say with, well, not, it's not that it's not valid, but like, you know what I mean? Like you gotta, you gotta, uh, Hey, so hey, 
I don't think it's changed anything. I think the best comedy right now is, would be just as edgy now as it would be 10, 15 years ago. And I think, I think honestly, a lot of that fucking, that super woke shit, um, I, I don't know if it's marketable. And I don't know if a lot of those people really truly are going to have a voice to be like, oh, fuck all this, fuck that. When a lot of the people that are selling the beer and the t-shirts and, you know, the marketability <coughs> for fucking different corporations, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I think Joe Rogan's doing really, really well for Am for Spotify right now. You know what I mean? Like, who's to say that they're not going to butter their bread with that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, don't I don't think it's also, I don't think it's changed any of my material. I haven't, I haven't like become non-edgy all of a sudden like i'm not sitting there i know there's people sitting back neither, watching i don't think either well, of us are edgy we're not we're not edgy because we've i mean like on our on the main comedy all-stars tour like those were pg-13 shows yeah and we had to do 25 minutes of pg-13 material every night so you know we've been through that so we haven't needed to to dummy down our material or change anything with that said do i think there's people sitting there waiting for you to say something wrong and then jump on it and say god you can't say that okay because now ding 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 i'm ringing the bell and canceled that's what that's what's happening yeah but i don't i'm not going to change anything i do on stage because we've been you know we've drawn audiences and we sell tickets and people come and laugh so if it's working well, yeah, I think it's also it's important to know your audience, and I think like I don't know if our audience, care. I think our audience likes a little bit of edge. The yeah. people that come and see us live, That's what everyone's thinking. If That's we were good. if we were gonna go do our act in like a fucking like indie bookstore and shit like that, like obviously I'm not. There's some jokes about, and it's not even about honestly, it's not even about um, issue. It'd be more like I wouldn't do my main shit because those people probably wouldn't find like the main humor funny. You know what I mean? And that's, so it's not even about like if it's appropriate or not. Like I think I change myself based on like, is it going to work for this crowd or not? It's yep. one of the things I like about comedy though, is it feels like it's not budging as far as everything, everything else seems to be budging except comedy seems to be holding fast. If anything, yeah, I just didn't like know burrs and chappelles because I haven't done it. I'd like to get into it at some point, but I haven't done it. So I just want to know from somebody who has been doing it for a long time, if you feel if there was any pressure, but if not, then that's cool. I, yeah, I, no, I mean, I'd rather see it not happen. Not from you know good I mean? con, not like from like my favorite comics, like the Chappelle's, the Bill Burr's, like the good comics, comics that are out there. Like, yeah, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. He, I mean, He's he's it's sold also, his soul. He's not he's not he's an anomaly in that sense. I, I think, think you know people sometimes don't look at. Com I think comedy's art, but comedy's also much like horror movies, is also entertainment, right? And I think a lot of people don't look at comedy with context, where it is. It's a it, you know, you can't go to a horror movie thinking like this is going to be the Notebook, and then when the horror movie is not the Notebook, <laughs> being like, what the fuck? This wasn't the Notebook. How dare this movie not be the Notebook? And it's like, well. It's a horror movie. Everyone else that was in the theater knew what was going on, enjoyed what was going on, and then was for them. It wasn't for you. Um, and there's a lot of people that can't understand that content, that the idea of like, well, but everything's supposed to be for me. Everything's supposed to be, and I should have a, an opinion about everything. It's like, some of the shit just is not for you. And vice versa on a bunch of shit. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to go to the notebook and think it's going to be fucking dead alive. You know what I mean? And can't get angry at it for not being dead alive. Mm-hmm. Because I'm gonna get a hand job through it, you know, know what I mean? Like, like those, <laughs> those are the people that need to do comedy and bomb. <laughs> Trust me, those are the ones that need to get up on stage and people not laugh at their jokes. And then they're like, "Wait, now, now we have a problem." Okay, right. you know, why aren't they laughing at me? I'm supposed to be smart. I'm supposed to be funny. No, it, again, it's not for you. They people just need to realize that not everything is for everyone. You know? The other thing too is comedy. 
comedy is a premise and a punchline. So not only are you going to say whatever the fuck it is that might be shocking, but the punchline better explain yourself. So that's the thing about comedy. It's not just like, this is what I think, fuck you. It's this is what I think, and this is why. So it's really hard to argue with it if the person's coming from a personal place. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think comedy is important also as far as, you know, moving conversations around and, and not letting people be stuck in their bubbles, you know? That's great. Um, fuck. Two seconds before that, I had something to ask you again, but I completely fucking spaced Do it. Do you Sorry. smoke weed too, or is it just no? No? All right. <laughs> this is going to sound stupid, especially because the people who have smoked regularly. Mm. Me and Keith in high school usually had a thing where we neither of us have ever smoked before. Ever? You still have never smoked? I've no. never smoked. Well, like, wow. How old are you guys? 32. 33. 33, 32. 32. Uh, Damn. So, Wonder recently, what your lungs feel like. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Lately... Um, I've been, I know this is weird to be talking about on here. I was probably going to What do you mean it's weird? This is what half of the last episode we did together No, no, was. no. This is different. This is different. I was actually probably going to talk to you about this like when it's just a me and him episode. But lately, um, in a little while now, it's going to get personal. I've been uh, like very frustrated, you know, angry. Like I, I'll pull off a face in front You're of people. You're pent up. But there's something crazy going on like in my head to the point where like when my kid does something small, I get just really frustrated. You know what I mean? I don't I'm not fucking beating the kid, but hmm. you know what I mean? I'm, I'm taking a little like anger out there. And then my wife, I, I just get like really angry. I'm like, I need something. And everyone's telling me, just smoke, just smoke, yeah. just smoke. Just like, it'll help you relax. <laughs> so I'm actually like, I literally think tonight is going to be, now that you guys are on, might be the first time. Oh, dude, do you want us to get you really high for the first time ever? <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't ever get really high. Here's the thing. <laughs> yeah, don't actually no, no, no. do that. No, no. So, right, so here's a terrible <laughs> idea. So I'm, I, and I'm saying this as the head writer for the Cannabis Chronicle. Check it out. Uh, Cannabis Chronicle or at any dispensary ever. Um, marijuana especially, it's, it's you got to think of it like booze, right? The first time you drink Jack Daniels, maybe have like a sip. You don't drink the entire fucking bottle, yeah. right? Because if you do drink the bottle, then anyone's going to tell you they had a fucking bad time on Jack Daniels. Like, yeah, you don't drink the whole bottle. I already a little that, yeah. tiny bit. And then we think, you know what? I'm going to smoke a little bit more. Wait. You wait. You just don't smoke anymore and give it like two hours. And the other thing, too, what you want to do, and you've never smoked before? Never. Prepare. What you want to do is get a couple snacks that you know you're going to like. Get yourself in some comfy clothes. Yeah, get yeah, your yeah. blankets. Get your Definitely. pillows ready. Get whatever entertainment. Get a couple entertainment things. Get like a fucking coloring book out. But also get like the movie you know you're going to watch. The video games you might be interested in. Get it all set up. So when you do smoke, you you can fall back into like, oh, okay, I'm going to have a couple snacks. Can we stop back? What, what, was, what was the, the coloring book thing? You do coloring books when you get high? What is I mean, Does Ron look like the type of guy that's going to be like, all right, this stuff's working. We're yes. in like crayons. Pop, Are you telling me you're baby. not going to try yeah, a dude, coloring yeah. book now? Yeah. yeah no, get I, me I, the crayons. He looks, I said that because he looks like the kind of guy that's got adult coloring, coloring books, books for okay. sure. All right. I don't even have a Carry on. I have a fucking eight-year-old. I have kids coloring books. Fuck yeah, he's ready to go. Carry on. That was just the coloring no, books thing. I've, I've, done, I've, I've tried edibles a couple times, and only so one of them I felt Edibles like, converts THC differently, so it's a completely different high. It just made me super tired yeah it, yeah it didn't do it like that's it and the other times i felt like i didn't feel anything but the one time i did it was just i just felt tired it didn't like, do you'll, anything you'll know, you know how, how much milligrams did you do probably too much because i didn't fucking oh no 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 if you no, did no, too, if much, you too much you would yeah. i don't know how much it was i just it was a packet of something and someone's my brother my brother was trying to get me like do you eat the whole thing because you want to get me fucked up I think I like three quarters. No, so you'll, you'll know Ian like basically set it up perfectly. Like the first time you actually get stoned off, off flour, off green marijuana, yeah. smoking it. You do want to get that set up, get like some Starburst and get some good, whatever no, what, I mean, yeah, coldest whatever drink is that you like. And then blankets also, and then a great, a great series 
or a movie or something like Happy Gilmore, something like something that. Something funny, something light. Yes. Um, it, unless you want to go like the horror movie route, and if you go the horror movie route, have a backup to like what if it gets too intense, you're like, all right, we can go to Happy Gilmore. Have a secondary funny thing. But the also most importantly, uh, much like booze. Uh, marijuana comes in, you know, sativa, indica, hybrid. I don't know if you know the difference between that. Sativa will get you a little speedy. Indica is the one that drops you down. Hybrid is somewhere in the middle. There's ruderalis and other ones like that too, but you, no one's really fucking with that shit. Um, you want to go with either an indica or an indica hybrid because that's already um, it's already uh, a relaxing, marijuana. calming effect. There's already a calming effect in it. Um, and the other thing too is you don't like what I would do is I would take a bud. I would put it in a bowl or a joint, and I would take one single hit and then go about your that night. That was my plan, yeah, just to freaking – just something to do it. Because it's been crazy. Like, I've been – it's enough for me to notice, be like, dude, I need something to calm down. And it was – yeah. And well, everyone's telling me, dude, just smoke. Just smoke a little. Just it's smoke. an all-natural thing, for one. I mean, you, you, that's what you – Your body you know. has cannabinoid receptors in it. And yeah. the thing is, too, is so – uh, when you were breastfed as a child or bottle, whatever. So there's a lot of cannabinoids in breast milk and that's what like fucking actually I might be speaking out of turn right now, but I'm pretty sure the cannabinoids have something to do with as far as like, you know, feeling, you know, uh, relaxed and good as a, as a newborn, you'll get that if you do smoke some good weed and it isn't shitty and it's like a nice indica and you're relaxed set and setting, you will feel like, Oh yeah. Like it's hard not to feel like you're in a fucking hot tub. Just being like, All right, dude, let me tell you, good. are you a candy guy? I'm a big candy guy. I actually worked at Cinemagic. You know how they just cancel. I don't know if you've seen the news yeah, on I that. Yeah, I worked on that back when I was like 18, 19, maybe until I was like 22 or something like that, off and on. And um, we just had a, uh, they invited me to a before, you know, a pre and current employee thing. And we went there and they just had the count, the counters full of candy. And they're like, dude, take what you want. So I currently have a box of fucking Sour Patch Kids and snow, you know, snow dude, caps and all that shit ready right, for me. So tr- I tr- trust me when I say that when you like first eat candy the first time you're stoned, it's a euphoric something. <laughs> yeah, it's not a. There's it's, so it's many different. new things to explore. The first time you've ever jerked off, <laughs> dude, <laughs> jerking mean, off stoned. Uh, <laughs> there we go. I mean, that's, that's another story. That's the other. You know? I mean, if you, that, dude, actually, I, dude, if you you two have never jerked off stoned, <laughs> makes me feel sad. Like I like you guys don't know what it is. See, James is so excited. Up- He's jerking <laughs> off the microphone. He's I'm so up- high right now. He's trying to put it in his mouth. I'm upset about you haven't had pink Starburst when you were high. You're thinking about getting not even, but like, like you know, like do like a good like chicken broccoli Alfredo when you're high. Like, oh, dude, there's oh, so much. Me- the meal, like a good meal, like a really good meal, it changes everything. Everything changes. Your so mind changes. I will say too, when I first smoked pot, I fucking hated it. What changed for me was knowing that you know I had to start small, but also like at the time I was dealing with anxiety and uh i went through a bunch of um acupuncture and after acupuncture every time i smoked weed weed made me feel like i was going through acupuncture that's weird but i also hated it the first time i ever did too because i got way too high the first time i yeah, ever you smoked. you can't get too high but what i did was i then had skittles the next time i got high and i remembered and i said hey next time you get high just have candy, excuse me, candy and you're gonna be good and everything will be good you know, and now I'm addicted to Airheads. No, so dude, no when you eat candy when you're stoned, too, not only does it taste good, but it feels... Like, eating candy feels good, but it feels good on a different level. Are you like a cat rubbing up against the couch? Oh, oh yeah. Dude, I, I, yeah, dude. I, I love cats, too. So, <laughs> so, can I, so can I ask why neither you guys have smoked marijuana? All right, so. mine, mine's two things. One is, like... When you're, you know, we're in high school, we made this like borderline pact for it. But a lot of mine was, I don't have a problem with smoking weed at all. 
weed's weed. It's a plant. It is what it is. But yet I've always thought like my family's had a heavy drug issue. And I'm not saying weed is a the gateway drug it's, to whatever it is, it's but not. it's always just You're been, holding a beer right now. Right. Right. No, no, listen, no, no, listen. no, 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 that's what he's saying. Is we don't we don't look at it no, as a gateway. It's not like that, it's but not. it's I'm still just with them. But because my dad and my uncle and family just crazy been had yeah. issues, it's just never never interested me. Yeah. And crazy issues with marijuana? No, just Oh, no. with other stuff like just anything. None oh, okay. of that's ever pots never interests me. There hasn't been a any curiosity at all. And it's not because I'm like, oh fucking you know, the shit's the devil. I just never had any interest. And then I do have epilepsy. Everyone's like, dude, you should smoke. Well, yeah, I, yeah, dude, well so CBD. Yeah. That's, I've been trying to push them on that. Yeah, man. And so yeah. then the other thing, too, is what you can really it's get into. It's just more expensive than my meds. Well, really? Good, try, well, I mean, oh, dude, you can go to like, insurance. Yeah. You can go I don't to like, have health insurance. I just got a fucking card that managed to. It's like two, $300 a month for my meds. But I got a card my wife found on a table that makes it $30 for three months. Really? Nice. Like, fuck. Yeah. So. That's how I go get for it. Uh, not only CBD, but go for a one to one ratio, which means there's CBD and THC into it. So you're getting a full spectrum plant. But CBD and THC are great for uh, there's. So I remember um, I performed at uh, the Augusta Civic, the Augusta Civic Center. I performed there as part of like this this weed um, conference, right? And before I performed, uh, a mother brought her daughter up on stage. And apparently this, this daughter was like crippled by epilepsy. You know what I mean? Like one of those like have like a seizure every fucking like five minutes type of like lives, you know? And apparently, uh, so she brought her up on stage and the, the girl walked on stage and she goes, you know, if it wasn't for cannabis, it, she would not be able to walk on stage right now. And she went through this whole thing about how like cannabis changed her daughter's life and she was epileptic. Mm -hmm. So that, yeah, that's what I'm hearing. I hear it. It's fucking crazy for other stuff. And like it's now just I've been really curious about it, especially because um, so you're, you've been curious and it's legal in the state of Maine. Yeah, yeah. What what has stopped you from trying? Just it? I've never never had interest. I just never you know what I mean. Why does a lot of people do it? Why do people go snowboarding? It's just never interested me. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but then just lately because of the feelings I've had and you know what I mean and just the stress and everything else and I don't even fucking have. Why would I be stressed? My wife takes care of everything. I have the easiest life. Literally. I just have to. I just have to go to work and come home and make sure my kid doesn't die. But then there's been other things. I think about other things with certain things at work and family. You know what I mean? I know it sounds stupid right now, but it's gotten to me a little bit. And I'm like, I need something to calm take, down. Take the edge off. Something. Yeah. And everyone said, um, and I'm not, I drink during this and I drink during hockey. You know what I mean? I'm not someone that drinks alone at home. And the thing is too, is booze, unlike, unlike marijuana, is it's going to add. So marijuana is not the thing that will... Uh, I, with when you're drinking, I feel like drinking your anxiety, you're putting the drinking away for another day when you're drinking. With marijuana and anxiety, uh, I feel like you're kind of melting it like a pad of butter. You know what I mean? Like instead of putting it off, you're kind of you're dealing with it in a. Why does it matter? Like, and that's the other thing too. I mean, I can't explain being high to you, but you will have if you do get high, there'll be some thoughts of like, you know what? Why am I so worried about this? Why am I so worried about that? Why that's am I so worried thing. about this? Like this. You're also going to say, I don't need a beer right now. Yeah. That's the other thing. Is yeah, it's I don't gonna... drink until it's just this. This and then hockey when people are just, you know what I mean? Me and Keith literally. This is literally it. Like, yeah. Like I said, don't really drink but at home. But that's don't. another thing too is I'm like sometimes the way I've been dealing with work in my head and different stuff that's been going on. And yet again, I'm a fucking Zamboni driver. You think that's what's the problem? There's, you know, little things in everyone's life. Dude, driving I, the Zamboni high. I mean, good I, everyone Lord. Else bucket it. list. Good the bucket list. Lord. Yeah. I've driven it drunk, and that was not cool. Man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, no, I, I, I don't think I... He might be throwing it out there, but I don't say what rink I work at. <laughs> but right. there's one time, it was late after a men's league, and we had you know a few too many, and I still had to do the ice. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm doing it. And doing the board lap where you're close... It was just like, oh shit, this is yeah. this is solid twenty thousand dollar issue right now. If I crash, you don't want people to know you work at USM. Yeah, there we go. I did work there, but not yeah, drunk. Yeah, um, yeah the Olympic ring size ring. Yeah. yeah, I had all the space in the world to fuck up. Well, I'm kind of in the same boat as him uh, when it comes to why I never did it. But it was my whole family growing up. Everybody, every adult, and then even my older brothers in my family smoked my whole life really and i cigarettes or weed weed okay so i never i never enjoyed the smell of it being smoked or anything like that and it became more of a it was it was a stigma based around like it just didn't interest me because i didn't like it that's how a lot of kids are with cigarettes well as i've gotten older i still don't have an interest in smoking but i've been now that it's legal now that everything's whatever i've become more interested in edibles yeah Uh, gummy i've got this wicked bucket list item to lay out on the woods and try mushrooms you know, oh, oh you've never tried mushrooms? I no, haven't either. No. Dude, I, I have like, not we, either. We fucking drink. That's you guys have never done drugs? You guys want to ask questions? I can answer some questions yeah, for see, you. I've, I've never done a hallucinogenic. Uh, I've never dude, done mushrooms. But for some, you know, so my, my whole thing isn't, it's like, I don't think weed's bad or anything. I mean, everybody, everybody I know literally smokes weed. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I really don't, I don't care at all. Uh, I actually, I actually have more issue with this than I do with weed. You know yeah, I mean? and I still take, I still partake in in drinking occasionally. And that you know, it's funny too. Is like if you can drink, if you've ever been drunk, then being high is not shit. It's a it's breeze. Like, it's not, and I think, it, it, much like any other like life experience, you got to try. If you try it one time, you'll find out if it is or isn't for you. But try it at a very small amount so you can actually know if it is. For, That's the is other thing about being, being being high is that like on weed is that. I think people go in with a huge expectation, like something crazy is going to like change me and it's going to be like, it's really pretty slight. Like, I mean, you can be too high for sure and be, you know, wobbly and whatever. But I mean, I think it's, it's really, Cat Williams said it best. If you get high, you get sleepy, happy, hungry. Yeah. That's it. Sleepy, sleepy, happy, hungry. I I need something like that. You know what I mean? Just to, like you said, take the edge off and fucking make me think of things a little differently. Take a puff. Get a bowl of cereal that's and tell me it doesn't change your life. Like it might just change your life. Yeah, is that's sal- what I'm hoping. Is that's salvia something. still a thing? God, oh man, duh, <laughs> dude. I love those Possibly. YouTube videos of oh. people that smoke it and then they jump out of their windows. Dude, <laughs> I've had, some, I've, I've had, dude, I had some crazy I like salvia. That. I had some crazy salvia experiences. See, I like that. Shoot. Yeah. You've Wait, so it? you've never, never, you've never done salvia? No, I wouldn't. I would never. I would um, never. Man, I'm trying to think. What's a good one? The, all of them so there was one we were smoking salvia i used to have a cadillac right and me and my buddy we were just like giant stoners we would smoke all this weed and he's like oh i got some crazy like the the number one strength salvia like 200 times whatever and so i remember smoking it and uh i remember feeling and looking and my body parts were like blocks and they fell apart <laughs> and then it was gone in like 10 minutes i was gonna say it's like 10 15 minutes yeah yeah right? it's pretty quick it's pretty of quick hell it's but no it's not <laughs> it's, it's very um it's very confusing I, I just feel like you're like really out of it and i'll say this too i my buddy um he smoked more salvia than i did i saw him freak out a few times like i remember so we got like good set we got like some like high-end salvia and we're in our apartment we were we were roommates at the, at the time and we're in his room and he takes a bong hit and uh, I can only, you won't be able to see it if you're listening to the podcast. I'll we'll show the guys here. So he takes a bong hit and then he goes, <laughs> and then just lays like that for ten minutes. And then he comes back and goes, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And he goes, 
are you gonna smoke any? I was like, fuck no, are you fucking kidding me, dude? You just died in front of me, you fucking asshole. Also, what 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 is high end? What is the high end stuff like? There's more kerosene. In no, this. it's the high end stuff is when it's, when it's packaged in professional packaging. Normally, you get salvia, and it's just like a little tiny dime bag, and like you'd get it behind the counter. So mylar instead of a sandwich bag, right? Yeah, right, exactly. And then exactly. also, does it feel? Uh, my question is. Does it feel like 15, 10 minutes, or does it feel like eight hours? And then you're like, well, that was not 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, that's actually a good question. I don't... No, it felt quick. It felt fairly quick, but it didn't... Because, like, like, there's... Like, I've had time dilation on, like, on, like, acid and... I'm trying to think some other hallucin... I've done, like, research chemicals and shit like that where I've been like, well, I don't really know what fucking time it is. Uh, but, no, I, it was pretty... It was pretty... It was more of, like... Um, because some drugs, some drugs, like, I like mean, uh, make you feel like, like, t- I mean, I know like the, the uppers, like cocaine and stuff, that'll make people feel like time goes by really fast. It's been that's three a, You know what's funny yeah. though? I think <laughs> We've been up for four days that's, now. This that, is, that whole the time thing, I, I think that's, it was an hour. That, like, that's like on some dare shit of like, people do drugs and they don't even know when it's going to last and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't. Unless you're like really worried about it, and you're so what you're attack. saying is try everything once, kids. See what you like. Not kids. If you're in a fuck, if you're an adult, I think you should try everything once. Yes, as an adult, grow up and try every drug. But not even, not even, not even just. His I mean, just James Thurber. Here's the thing: like the shit is interesting. Like if you've done psychedelics, it is fucking crazy. Like it's it, crazy and like and, like it's interesting. Like it's if you like weird, interesting shit. It is some weird, interesting shit. So I, my buddy Mike, he knows Mike Grenda. We, uh, we played in a band together. And he would, you know, he'd take mushrooms occasionally. But this one time before a show, our bass player couldn't show up. So I played drums. I was playing drums on the show. He was the guitar player. We show up to live at 212 in Westbrook. But yeah. before, he had like eight long stems of freaking mushrooms or something. Whatever no. the hell. He ate a shit ton. So we get... Some man, kid just people, ate shit. Yeah, people are going to be here. I hope it's... It's fine. You know, people, people don't fucking hear that. Anyways... He ate a shit ton. Now it's, we get to the show and he's slowly getting all fucked up and it's now time for us to get on the stage. He's on the side steps of the stage looking at his knees, just not moving. And I'm setting everything up and we're like, Mike, you ready? And he's just like, Ugh. and then, you know, Mike, you ready? Now I'm tuning his guitar for him and I'm sitting there and I look over and he's just passed out all fucked up. And I had to play the show by myself. <laughs> that is nice. I managed to do it because I know how to play guitar and, you know, whatever. But I've never sang before. So that's just like, oh, look, I guess I'm playing some of my dad's tunes. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I did it. And then on the way home, he's bawling. <laughs> like, he was just fucking toast. And it was obviously because he probably ate too much. I've done shows well, at yeah. 212. And I'll tell you, that might be the one place I'd want to do hallucinogens. No, dude, 212. Dude, I love setting. Place. Any, this like, place dude, is wild, yeah. If you're going to do anything like that, shut down do it. I know. That's oh, too dude. bad. Yeah, Shout yeah, out 212. Yeah, I used to do a ton of shows. At, uh, dude, I used to... I got fucked up a bunch at 212. But also, like... Never do it at a fucking like I don't know, man. Like, there's a reason that psychedelics and hippies work well together. Because like, if you're in the fucking woods and you're like one with nature, and you're like, oh fuck yeah, loud amps and shit like that. That's a weird mix, man. I remember doing a research chemical at a fucking drum and bass rave, and it was like bad news. Like initially, I had a great time, and then someone was like, hey man, are you okay? You look pretty fucked up. And then immediately, I was like, I'm gonna die. And fucking <laughs> ran around for fucking five hours thinking I was going to die. I love that they shirtless. call it a research chemical. Like someone else has been doing the research. You know, you're the one doing the uh, research, dude, I did, right? I did the they're research. like, take this and tell us what happens. I did the research. It was fucking nuts. But, that, you know, it's funny is uh, that the, actually that research chemical was the first time like a psychedelic was 
what a psychedelic is as far as when they when people tell you like oh this is what acid's like or mushrooms for the most part acid and mushrooms you might see like a little wavy thing you're not going to see like dragons and crazy sh- fucking shit research chemicals you see some like crazy fucking shit like dragons. i literally i watched like if i was looking at you i would watch the person's like skin melt off their face so like i could see like, their skull literally. yeah see their skull but the the skin wasn't like just melting to nothing this when this was going on the skin would come off the edge of their face and turn into like these red tentacles <laughs> and so the more of the the skull i could see the more of these red tentacles would come up and i could just like look at someone and like almost like i was like staring at them i could like make it happen dude Fucking so cool. When I was in, when <laughs> I was so in high, cool. when I was in high school, uh, I'm gonna get home and just get fucked up now. You guys, yeah, no, don't get fucked up. When I was in high school, a kid uh, took mushrooms and he was tripping really bad. And he was, uh, he said that when people were talking, <laughs> he was reading subtitles <laughs> and he was like, "Say something in Spanish," <laughs> and it would actually come out like full Spanish writing. Yeah, uh, you know, it's funny. I was like, I don't think I want to do this ever, and that's why I haven't. I think, I think weed and shit like that has helped my writing, but like, re- like. The, those experiences of like getting fucked up and being like in a different plane of r- reality as far as like a writer and an entertainer it's given me like a fun perspective as far as being a comedian like I don't know if I take life very fucking seriously because of what I've seen tripping because I don't know if life is very fucking serious after you've been you know what I mean after you see like kind of like the the backdrop of what maybe life truly is you're like oh it's all just one fucking thing like you know what I mean this is just a this is a fucking dream in a Zelda video game you know what I mean well they say it does open up different parts of your brain that you're you never used before like your brain receptors that are like being woken up when you do when you take those you know and that's the that's something that I don't want to miss out on you know, if there is a possibility for me to like use different parts of my Native brain American for better, you shit. know, it's like uh, yeah. it's like the movie Limitless, but instead of like being good at math, you like fish songs now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta write that one down. That one's fucking going down. Yeah, it's like, Do what, it. is your life like completely changed? No, yeah. no, I just watch Top Gun a lot now. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, no, but it's, it's it's very interesting to to meet two guys I've never done. And to be fair, I mean, you look like you sell fucking mushrooms. You know what I mean? Right. Like you have the you got that look. Uh, great, also, and I haven't given you guys like great fucking. Uh, you have a great radio voice. Oh, really? Everyone yeah. tells me that they love listening to Keith. Because it's true. When he's got a buttery voice. When we when we do our podcast, like even when I'm listening to him, I'm like, fuck, he's See, beautiful. See, that's the thing is when I hear my own voice, I hate it. Yeah, me I too. Feel, I hear Shrek when <laughs> I hear my voice. And, you know, but then, you know. I, I, and I don't want to make you so, this is a compliment. And I, I know like some some people will get, uh, if I close, you sound like Kevin Smith to me. A I'll little take, bit. I'll take that. All right, yeah. I'll take that. It's Just to- tonality, I would say. It's, if I close my eyes, like it, if Kevin Smith was from and me. And you look know? like him. Tell me back <laughs> to Kevin Smith. Dude, I, dude I, look, I look like if Jay had diabetes, bro. That's the thing is I've thought about this the other day with your two show. That's like a redneck version of Jay and Silent Bob. Well, actually, so the duo thing is everywhere. Penn and, Penn and Teller, right? Fucking uh, Beaker and the other one in the Muppets. Laurel like, and Hardy. Lauren, yeah, K- yeah. K-Dubs and Rockin' Ronnie. Oh, and that's the thing. And, and classically burnt. Bert and I, when when I started writing Welcome to Maine, it was a duo for a reason. And almost the same thing with like fucking uh, Rocket Raccoon and fucking Groot or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, there is one character with a one syllable thing or no words at all. And the and the other guy is just completely the host, the face. crazy, blah, blah, blah. And they're, you know, basically you have a built in straight guy 
uh, the entire time. The fun yeah. part with that is often the one who's the one-liner is the writer or, you know, the yeah. one kind of – so that happens a lot. Yeah, yeah That's yeah. one thing, too, is I was always wondering – it's not always wondering, sorry. The other day I was thinking about your show or whatever, you know, just different things in my head. Um, but I was thinking, like, I wonder if there's going to be one point in time, just like Jay and Silent Bob, where they're going to have an episode where, like, you just be like, all right, buddy. And then, like, you have your moment of talking. <laughs> you know, it's funny, man. And then you go back to I'll it. say this. I don't think there will be because there's been too many people that have asked me if that's what's going to happen. And it's almost like the writers from Lost were like, is this what the ending is? Like, scribbling it out like no <laughs> that's not what the ending is one per one of our one of our uh fans or supporters on on our page was like ah i think you guys should do this where mark goes into a dream sequence and he speaks perfectly <laughs> and i was like it's a pretty good idea like i don't know we could bring her on and then he was like ah, i don't think we'll do that no one thing it's... i was wondering like if you guys should do is you should do the whole uh like if you ask him something that really like you either made you mad you just be like yeah, <laughs> make it make it seem, build it up like, oh my god, he's actually gonna say something, like you know, whether it's your finger or whatever, and then he just fucking well, the go the best all. thing about about the character really <laughs> is that when the camera's off, like Mark has so much to say, and Troy really is like when the camera's on, telling everyone what Mark's been saying. Yeah, you know, like he yeah. has. We have this one, like what one of our episodes. I forgot what episode it was, earlier one, uh, but it's one of my favorite lines. Um, and it's, it's that the time, my, the time Mark said he caught a great white shark at, that's a Paul Bunyan episode. Uh, okay. Paul, Bunyan, at the time that Mark said he grew, he caught a great white shark up at Moosehead Lake, like, like Mark has stories, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the, the portrayal of the character is that like, no, this guy, he won't shut up. He says the dumbest shit, you know, but you'll never hear it. I, it's, it has to come through me. You know, it's, it, it's exactly me. the idea of. Like I don't know, I don't know if you guys ever did like had to do like roofing or like just like like m- shitty like manly man main jobs like you know what I mean like I was a like, driver I was, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. a contractor most of my All right, life yeah fuck yeah exactly and so there's the thing is like there's always like there's like the dude who's like at six o'clock in the morning he's like what the fuck's up dude oh fuck I got a bunch of table you know what I mean like they're fucking ready to fucking go and then there's another guy just like yeah oh yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Did you, hey, hey, did you bring the cigarettes? Yeah, yeah, I brought the cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you got the cigarettes? You know what I mean? There's always, like, that dynamic. Have you ever seen Zootopia? Oh. Uh, you have a child, so I'm wondering if you do. <laughs> I have seen the movie, but I don't remember any of it. There's a scene where the, um, uh, I, I don't remember. what he's. I think he's, like, a, a water buff, buffalo or something like that. And he's, he's played by Tommy Chong. And um, they go, and he's like, I got this horse, or this one elephant man. He never forgets anything. So he brings the people to go talk to him. And the guy's doing like, he's just meditating or something like that. And he's like, hey, do you, do you remember when this? And he's like, oh. And then he starts explaining what happened. He's like, yeah, he, he gets it. And then he like asks the elephant another question. But he tells the story. And yeah. then at the end, he's like, hey, man, this guy never forgets anything. Yeah. And he just <laughs> walks away. And that's that, that's that classic, like, dude, this guy's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. Like, you won't even, dude, I saw him last week. He was jumping off the fucking roof. Dude. That's like that idea of like, I just grew up with that of like, dudes bragging with like the dumbest shit. And so that was the kind of the idea of Welcome to Maine. It was like this guy over here, dude. You know. It's, yeah. Well, the thing is, I actually know your character. <laughs> yeah. my, my girlfriend's father-in-law. That, that's when you're talking to him. It's just kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Gotta do it. Gotta do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no doubt. Gotta do it. And that's it. Yeah. And that's the entire conversation. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, and, and the, the other thing too. What? You want to try try one thing first before you continue? Oh, you continue your sentence. Then sure. I got to try something. Well, the one thing I was going to say is Welcome to Maine really comes from uh, this. This this happened to me in my life. Where me and my dad went to go get firewood because my dad's got like two different fireplaces in his house, and uh, 
I remember we were getting the firewood from the guy, and my dad put on like this wicked thick main accent. He's like, "Oh, da 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 da, you know, oh Jesus Christ," and the guy is just like, "Yeah, oh yeah, yeah." And then I remember we got into the car, and that that little play didn't really affect me until like thinking about what like I remember you know talking to my dad. I was like, "Hey, why did you do the main accent?" He's like, "Well, when you're in Maine and you do the main accent." you get a better deal on your firewood from the guys that are cutting your wood. Yeah. And that always stuck with me, but that interaction also stuck with me. And so that fucking, that super like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's, again. Play like, to the people. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, one thing we do here on here with usually me and Keith is we do the bump a joke of the day. And we call my grandfather and he usually tells, it's usually bump a dirty joke of the day. So he's been waiting. He's my grandfather. He's an old New England boy. So oh, yeah. Usually, oh, he, you know, for the most part, he usually has. And this is how we do it. My grandmother's been texting me. Are you going to call him? (laughs) (laughs) And he's not going to answer. Hello? Hey, we're here with uh, two comedians. You better pull out your good shit because we've got two comedians here. Ian Stewart and James. Is it Thurberg? Taberge. Taberge. See, I've been saying Thorberg or something. Yeah, so is everyone else. So this is is my grandfather, Bumpa. It's the uh, Bumpa Dirty Joke of the Day. Let's see what you got. I love it. I'll see what I can do. Uh, This happened a long time ago when Moses challenges God to a heavenly game of golf. (laughs) So they go down to the fairway and Moses sets his ball on the tee, grabs a driver out of the bag, smacks the ball, goes straight down the fairway and lands onto the green about 20, 30 feet from the cup. So God walks over, sets up his ball, grabs a driver, smacks that ball and it hooks to the right. Goes way far right and then starts rolling down into the bushes. Two seconds later, a squirrel comes running out with a ball in its mouth. An eagle swoops down out of the tree, grabs the squirrel and starts flying off with it. The eagle drops the squirrel, the squirrel drops the ball, the ball rolls down goes into the cup. Moses looks at God and goes, uh, hey, uh, are you going to fuck around or are you going to play golf? <laughs> 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 that's great that's awesome yeah. that's a good joke alright Bump thank you the uh, Bump a dirty, jo- dirty joke of the day see ya bye bye yeah, he usually has some this something stupid. That's good, man. I, love it. Yeah, I dug that when I, when I go see him it is just like he has him written on the back of his hand he just he'll, me and my wife will sit there and the whole time he's just telling us a joke telling us a joke telling that's us a awesome joke, and we don't stop laughing the whole time we're seeing him that's he just awesome. goes and goes and goes. We're actually planning on me and him having a little trip to New Hampshire to see him and just have him on here because that guy is the fucking funniest thing. I actually have a bit coming up uh, about he's like in it a little bit and it's you'll have to wait and, you know hear it but it's 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 dude grandparents funny. are the best material. I have a bunch of grandmother material that I do yeah yeah uh, and it's they're just the best they like they're not they don't work anymore so they don't they don't have they're not they don't have that stress in their lives mm. and they just don't care what they say anymore you know. Yeah, his is just a piece of one little a bit I have about uh, what what family or it's I don't know if it's going to be fam what family say or what people say when they're drunk. And my grandfather has a fucking he actually said it. It's, it's all complete truth. He said something crazy the other day, so, so I'm going to hold that one off. One of the things I like about you doing that on the show is you're kind of you're kind of accomplishing something I always wanted to do. I uh, older New Englanders, older Mainers, and everything they do have that. They don't have to put on that that accent it's just yeah. there yeah whereas nowadays we kind of have to put it on yeah. you know yeah. and a lot of times we're asked to do it for entertainment purposes yeah for sure i lived in florida for a year and a half i moved down there i came back 
everybody that when they found out I was from Maine, you don't sound like you're from Maine. Yeah. Or they would say, how do you how do you say that in Maine? My buddy Brian came to work one day. He got dropped off by his wife. I was like, where's your truck? He goes, uh, it's broke down in the front yard. He goes, how would you say that in Maine? <laughs> ah, fuck, she's all stove up out in the dooryard. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, had uh, someone the other day say dooryard to me. It was the guy I bought the truck from. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's just been in my dooryard. And I'm like, did you just say dooryard? And he goes, yeah. And then he just continued talking. <laughs> yeah. well, well, you know, it's, that's, it's, it's the internet and fucking TV, man. Like, it's, it's, it's normalized. It's, it's, uh, well, we're, this we're man was like We're becoming an amalgam. We're just we're yeah. mute. And it, it, it makes me sad. At yeah. the same time, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Yeah. She shit the bed in the dooryard. But the more we have recordings of action, like, that's him. Like, he's not putting that on. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like that. And I've always wanted to do interviews with older remainers but they're starting to disappear yeah yeah you know so we still have it there is i mean you've got you've got you know what you guys are doing which yeah. is, i think it's great because you know it's keeping yeah. it alive but it makes me sad that someday well do, and, you know as, as comedians too like i would I, I would i would say i'm not really a main humorist as far as my stand-up comedy i'm pretty i'm a normal stand-up comedian but i want to do something that was an ode to main humor because i fucking love the accent i love that Maine, Maine not only has an accent, but there's different accents fucking everywhere. Like oh, yeah. the people that are in Kittery sound much different than the people in Madawaska, and the people on the uh, on uh, on the east, you know, sound a lot different than the people in on uh, in Bethel. You know what I mean? Yeah, my family's from Shebeg Island, so you got yeah, and oh, just yeah. from Shebeg to Portland, there's, yeah. there's a difference there. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Culturally, whatever, it's just it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, no, I lo- I think the Maine accent is is perfect fodder. You know what I mean? It's got it's it's still like got a weird. I try, I, I looked it up. And apparently, like, the main accent, you know, is obviously very, uh, it's derivative of, like, a British accent. And we still use, like, a lot of, like, this, like, slang that, like, sailors use from, like, Britain type shit. But, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I, fuck, I love the main accent. Since uh, we took that little piss break for a second there, I had to go. Um, you guys were just talking about, I've, I've actually talked to Keith about that. Um, starting, starting stand-up st- comedy. Starting stand-up comedy. And I think he should, you know, give it a try just like I did. You know yeah. what I mean? When I, what... Sorry, I'm out of breath. I'm fucking out of shape walking up the stairs. <laughs> what got me into it is I've always had, you know, you always have bucket lists of stuff to do. You know what I mean? And um, I, I'm always, I've always been interested in stand up. You always watch the, whatever you get, spe- specials here, specials there. You have the, you know, the popular guys you listen to. And um, I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan podcasts. Yeah. And uh, what I was always interested in, it always seems like every other episode he's talking about. Um, like, oh, if you're going to start up stand-up, like, when they first started. If you just try it, just try it, just try it. And I'm hearing him do it, like, episode after episode. It was almost like it was a sign, like, all right, I need to try it. So I planned it December 11th. My lucky number was 11. I'm like, that's the day. After I figured it out with you, got a hold of it, I figured there was one on that day. I tried it out, and he, I feel like, you know, should give it a try. Me and him have, you know, definitely the same kind of humor. Obviously, he doesn't have the child to try it. But that's what I did. I started it with the um, talking to, or not talking, uh, listening to that. I finally tried it. And it was the same thing with the podcast. I listened to him, right? And then on the show, on Rogan's show, he was talking to people about podcasts. If you're just going to do it, just try it. Just start it up. Who cares? You know, it's easy. Boom, press a button on the internet. Next thing you know, you're there. And I did it. And um, if he, I was thinking the same thing with him. He should just fucking... He's already doing the podcast. Yeah, you might as well try the. Is it on your up. bucket list? Yeah, no, more or less. Yeah, yeah, you should definitely try it. So, I mean, I can't even tell you how many people say doing stand up is on their bucket list, but definitely do it because you can you can scratch that one off pretty easily. Yeah, that's, I would say this too: doing like stand up comedy is 
it can be hard. I mean, trying is not hard, but like, you know, like to, to get to a point of like, you know, it's just, it's, it's a grind. But, um, oh man, where the fuck was I going with that? All right, what did you just say? I said, <laughs> if it's on your bucket list, definitely do oh, it. Oh, yeah. I would, I would say outside of like traveling the locations, I don't really have that much of a bucket list because stand-up comedy was like, if I can do stand-up comedy, then I'll do whatever the fuck else is on my bucket list. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, it's a very good... Um, it's a very good tool and motivator outside of the actual art form. Like your life will be different as a stand-up comedian than it would be outside of being a stand-up comedian because it changes. You now have a, I don't know, you now have this other voice, you know what I mean, that did not exist before, which is very odd. Yeah, being an entertainer, I, I consider myself an entertainer doing the music for a long, for I feel like <clears throat> I've done it enough where I could say I'm a, you know, a musician, you know, for whatever reason. I've gotten paid to do it. So. You're, yeah. you're seasoned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and the same thing with this is the difference with this is you're up there alone and people don't have to listen to all of you and either enjoy it or not enjoy it. And you're in it with a group, you're up there alone. And I was fucking, I think that's what really got me is Dude, that's the, it's the, it's the art of nothing. You have to go up and you have to have a, the, the job is going up and making adults use their imagination. It's fucking crazy. You're going to go up and have, and the other thing though too is, if you get really good at it, like like Jerry Seinfeld, right? People will pay I just bought his bar, significantly his more money to go see that dude live to have him stimulate their Im- imagination than they will to go pay ten dollars, twenty dollars to go see the Transformers movie. You know, in the movie, like there's something very, very powerful about being able to move people with just your words and your your timbre and your inflection, and 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 it really stems back from the first entertainment we ever had was sitting around a campfire and there was a guy telling stories and stand-up comedy is the very weird evolved version of that and that's why stand-up comedy is pure that's why it's really hard for people to touch you know stand-up comedians as far as how they feel or think or what they display in content because they are truly being pure there is no backing band to save them there is no flashing lights or explosions or cool car crashes it's you and a microphone and a stool and an imagination land and if you can make that happen though that's fucking crazy that's some special crazy shit but it does you know it's like a magic trick so um now doing like the open mics like you saw like i'm gonna use me for an example because i was there um i don't know obviously i need more material i'm not exactly i have i actually have some stuff i feel like once i if i organize or whatever i could have you know 10 15 minutes of stuff now if they're going up there you probably see guys that do great and that you work with and then they also bomb at certain points yeah is everyone that, does is that that's not an un, unattractive thing for you for having people work with you no no, way. Bomb, dude bombing is a necessary part of what we do it is how does bombing affect you if you bomb do you then go to the bar and drink a fucking ton of beers and beat yourself up and go oh fuck i suck i fucking suck or do you go fuck all right this didn't work this didn't work. Okay. Next week, I'm going to tweak that shit and see if I can make that happen. That's all I give a fuck about. That's all I care about is what. how are you handling this shit? Because in all honesty, there are two types. The people that work in comedy professionally and the people that don't, I mean, those are two of the biggest divides mm-hmm. of is this is this crash going to take you out or is this crash going to make you stronger? And because there's a lot of crashing in stand-up comedy. And I'm never... I mean, dude, we've done... Dude, I can't tell you how many times I've been paid a shit ton of money to bomb... I bombed. You know what I mean? Like, that shit fucking happens. It makes you feel awful. Yeah, it really does. That's the part I'm worried but, about. Like, if, you, if you're if you hosting a show or whatever, um, 
and you have guys that you're like, all right, I hired these comedians to come in. I'm going to pay them to do this. And then right. fucking two of them bomb. It's like, would that, would that, really, is that unattractive to hiring them? What back? it comes down to, especially when you're hiring comedians, is not, are they going to win every time? Is how consistent are they? Right? Yeah. Do they have an 80% win level? You know what I mean? Or an 85 Like, I'm going to go with that over like, this person's going to be the greatest comedian you've ever seen one out of four times. Like, I can't do that. I need like, I need a pretty good comedian Three out of four it's times. Also, it, you know it's also, I mean? it, for me, I mean, I run a show at Stroudwater Distillery every Thursday. And, you know, you bring in comedians from all over. And when somebody bombs and then you still have to pay them, that, yeah, that sometimes hurts. Um, but, again, just like what Ian says, are they going to, it's either going to be one or two things. You're either not going to have them back because they're like, yeah, fuck that. I'm going to the bar. I'm going to get wasted. Fuck this show, you know. This audience was dumb, you know. It's like they say something like that, or they'll be like, "Dude, like, uh, like that was my bad. I screwed up. I didn't have the energy, and I gotta tweak this, change this, whatever." You know, from there. Yeah. If you, I'll say this: If you've ever been in a local comedy establishment and you didn't do well, and then you said, "Well, they just didn't fucking get me," I probably do not work with you. Same. Yeah, I'm that. I'm that person. That makes yeah. sense. If you're gonna blame it on, a, like, when somebody comes up to you like, the, this, that table was stupid. They didn't get that joke. These people were dumb. It's like, well, it's your job to like make them laugh, and I, you didn't do it. You know what's funny yeah. though? I think there's also there's two there are two types of people that do comedy. There's people that get off by they themselves are doing stand-up comedy and that's enough for them to get off or you get off by people laughing at you for me personally like it's only comedy if they're laughing same and if I'm they're not, not laughing like, then i'm not doing comedy and i won't consider myself doing comedy you know what i mean like i think there are some people that it doesn't matter i think that if they're on stage and it counts oh there are people with a god complex that get into like have a spotlight and they're like oh you mean the microphone's just on me and everyone has to pay attention to me okay i like this and they don't even care if they make people laugh because they think what they have to say is what I'm getting to the point with know. that though is those that that type of person they're going to have a harder time bombing or or learning from their mistakes or you know what I mean like you have to kind of go up you have to kind of kind of go you kind of always have to leave the stage not hating yourself but like always being like all right there's room for improvement you're so not if a you're, prodigy right if you're a critical person of yourself right like if you have like some they had some anxiety back in the day and you were quiet like that's actually a probably a, a better writing tool than being like, yeah, I fucking, I'm a murderer, dude. I fucking rule. You know what I mean? Like, you need to have some, some like actual, you know, uh, wherewithal and some understanding of like what you're actually doing. What I liked about you guys is when I did go to that first, um, and in the other ones, but like when I first went to that um, first open mic, I was obviously really nervous and everything else. But you guys took it, and the other comics that were around took me in. Like, you can tell it was a team effort. You know what I mean? Everyone's was working together. Like you, you say you have those comedians that are, um, you know, somewhat aggressive with someone they don't like. You, you know, you know what we were sure. talking about earlier. Yeah. But you guys all, everyone that was there was just so nice about everything. You know what I mean? I'm like, dude, it's my first time. Thanks, you know, for having me. And they were just all supportive and everything else. It's because it everyone's been exactly in the same situation you are. No one's if you. St I've, I'll say this. There are people that have started stand-up comedy that, like, the first time they were doing, they ever did stand-up comedy, like, I'm fucking ready for this. I'm fucking ready. You know what I mean? And they jumped on stage. They maybe did comedy, like, three or four fucking times. It's supposed to terrify you. It's mm -hmm. supposed to not be comfortable. You're supposed to grow upon it. You know what I mean? And with that said, is it's your first time doing stand-up comedy. You're nervous. It means you're taking it fucking seriously. And that means that everyone around you has been exactly the same. They were nervous, too, because they took it seriously. If they didn't give a fuck, they wouldn't have given a fuck, you know? But you're nervous because you do care. And everyone can see that. Everyone knows that you care about fucking comedy just like they do. And they were in the ex and they probably, I mean, honestly, a lot of them are still nervous as fuck going on stage. I think it's one of those things that if you're a musician, 
you know, it takes a, f- a couple of years to get comfortable on stage. You're only going to be fucking kicking around and whirling around if you know the licks first. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I was in, I played in Los Angeles when I was 17. And I played some two big clubs, the Roxy and the Troubadour. Yeah. And man, I was fucking, obviously my dad's done this forever. So he was, you know, Mr. Comfortable, you know, front man, because it was his band. He was a singer, guitar player. I'm playing bass for him there. And my arm for both shows, the first, because we played like 10 songs, the first four or five songs. And I played with a pick at the time with a bass. My whole forearm just seized up and it hurt while I was on stage. And I'm just like a fucking block. Like if I did that now, I would have so much more fun because I've done it a lot yeah. more. Yeah, but, but that's like, the thing I is you. Re- the yeah. only way you're going to get to that point though is that experience. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because if you the first time you played bass of the Troubadour was tomorrow, you'd still probably seize up the exact same oh, way. Yeah, you got to get through that. You have to go through the crashes. You yeah. have to. I've been living in my 17 year old LA days <laughs> for a long time. I've been telling those stories for freaking. What uh? Years. What what band was your dad in? Random damage. We still play now. We actually took a he took a giant break and he was playing with uh he was a producer and he played in this other band he was producing for a while and they had a little bit of mini push, and then it kind of imploded. Um but yeah, so we, we once in a while we still do our we do our cover shows. Not so much now because of COVID, but we're doing cover shows and in the middle of the covered show we would do like a forty five minute random damage set. Huh. So um yeah. I, I actually play guitar now for the random damage set. Oh nice. Um yeah, so that's how that went. But um Fuck, what was I going to say? I had something about our stand-up. Oh, you gave me actually a compliment, a compliment, at least I think it was a compliment, that I've, I've held on to since my first, my first stand-up. And when I, when I got off the stage, you came up to me and said, the only thing you did wrong was you, made, you left people wanting more. And no. That, that fucking, that No, you want people, you want, you, you need know, to no, leave no. them. I know, and it was a compliment. Yeah, I yeah. understand that. Yeah. But that's like, that, made, that, that was a little bit of a, more of a hook. That made me want to do Wait, it. Wait, so again. I said that it was a good thing that you, you yeah, left yeah, them yeah, yeah. more. You right. came up yeah, saying yeah, like, you the only thing that. you did wrong was you left people wanting more. And obviously it was a compliment, I'm assuming. But um, It's I'm not sure. wrong, but it's... I'm so confused. Yeah, it's no, it's a, it's like a, it's like a backhanded compliment instead of. No, well, so yeah, I mean, I and I always say this. I'm not sure if I said that, if I was saying it the right way there, but yeah, you always as a comedian, you always want your audience to you want to leave them wanting more. Yeah, and that's you, you never said. want their fill ever, fucking ever, right? You wanna you wanna. You when you get off stage, you want people to go like, "Ah!" Yeah, for a second you there, want that. You had to look at me like, "No, no, no, that was an insult." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, that was an insult. No, but yeah, it was right when you said it. I was, I felt great about it, and that's what made me want to come back again. Two times later, I had a seizure while on stage. So, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like I, you know, I, I say a bunch. I'm, and especially back in that day, I was hammered all the time, and I say lots of crazy shit to people all the time, like compliments and non. I say like. I just say passing shit. It's funny. I wonder how many people think about things I've said to them. Well, how long have you been drinking, or have you not drank? Well, I've been off and on the wagon for a few different for a few years, but I haven't yeah. I haven't had booze now for almost five five almost four months. Okay, okay. I thought you said four years earlier. I'm like, no, you weren't drunk then. I mean, you might have been. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. If it was at Bullfinnies, I was probably hammered. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, you're like, yeah, I don't remember this piece of shit. <laughs> no, no, no. It's I no. I just I, just in general, like it's fun. Like I, you know, it's like as you said, you, you think about that quote, and yeah. it's like I wonder how many people like think about like fucking Ian Stewart said this thing yeah. one time, this fucking asshole. You know? Yeah, exactly. You've affected many people, and you have no. Yeah, idea. I wonder. Yeah, that's what I'm worried yeah. about. That's my ego jumping in like how many people do i affect yeah and that yeah. starts the god complex yeah there we go <laughs> I'm fucking i'm about to take my shirt off and get a gold chain immediately yeah. that's yeah. fucking funny yeah yeah um yeah I've, i'm hoping to do it again so hopefully you guys if you guys have any open mics or whatever you guys don't you know keep me in mind it was hard getting 
to the ones that were even there because I live up in Naples. I'm 55 minutes yeah. away. Oh, shit. So, you know what I mean? So it's hard to get down there all the time. You know what I mean? I work down here until 5 o'clock. You know, I mean? I'm going home. Who f- who the fuck wants to drive back down? You right. Know? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's rough, especially when you're like, oh, I got to get up. Well, that's like a good kid. spot would be bullshit. Naples in the summer. They don't, don't they do something up there? I don't think they do. They don't I, do a whole lot of open mic stuff. No. They don't do anything up I there. Um, I wanted to. I was thinking about it. Like, all right, I did it a couple times. I should start an open mic. Start one. But then I was I was also holding back because I'm like because you know Spiro he wants that. to start one yeah he I talked to him about it I'm like all right I'm first of all I'm not even seasoned enough to have one where I'm now the guy that has to hold the show when there isn't anyone there you know what I mean or something like that I here's the thing like you, you do you hold it down when you know between each each but also person. I'll say this I'm also I'm getting paid to be there to do that job start something up. And don't try, like make sure the audience knows it's like, hey, we're fucking around. If the audience knows that you're up there fucking around, they'll give you a bunch of leeway. Like they'll be down. If you're like, hey, we're fucking around. I'm a host. I'm fucking around. They'll be like, all right, this guy's fucking around. This is what we're doing tonight. Yeah. Give yourself more credit. You know what I mean? Because I think uh, people, I mean, people would love a fucking Naples open mic. You know what yeah. I mean? There's nothing up there. And if you can get enough comedians up there, you can always delegate hosting to someone else. Like, hey, who wants to host this week? Oh, you know what I mean? And, and make it a rotating thing. Yeah, I'd have to find someone. This one's in Bridgeton. Our buddy Spiro um, owns his own bar up there. Oh, nice. And it's like this little thing. He has a couple of freaking video games and a pool table and something. It's an, arc- something it's an arcade bar. Yeah, it's something small, but nice. I feel like that would be a solid place to Hell yeah. fuck around. But it is pretty far up there, so it's not like you're gonna have too many. It's not like a. I've done. I've done a couple of comedy shows in Bridgeton at the Bridgeton House of Pizza. That's his. <laughs> that's that's his the Spiro's dad. That's his parents. Oh no shit! Yeah. All right, yeah, it's, yeah. It's literally right next to that is yeah. Spiro's place. I had this. I had a set. I was booked there like years ago, and I was like touring around with uh, one of the guys from the Howard Stern show. It was like their feature, and I've done like a lot of that work of like I've. Open up for a bunch of dudes you know, but no one knows who the fuck I am. You know what I mean? Like I'm the shitty opening band that they yeah, travel. The local with. opening guy. Well, uh, well, I've I've done touring as well too. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, I remember doing uh, I like did like uh, I did a month long tour with this comedian, and uh, someone was like, "Oh, we're doing a show up in Bridgeton tonight. You want to go?" And I was like, "Yeah, fuck yeah!" And so I went up and I like closed it out. You know, air quotes closed it out. And uh, apparently, when I was done, uh, well, when I was done, there was the, the the woman who put it on her friend, and her friend goes, "You know what?" I think you have a future in this. I was like, man, I fucking suck at stand-up comedy. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I was like touring for a month with like this comedian. I was like, yeah, I'm a fucking real comedian. Then I went yeah. to Bridgeton. This old woman was like, you're okay. You know, like you're kind of funny, but you know, you got a long road ahead of you. Yeah, keep trying. And she yeah, starts exactly. unbuckling her blouse. Yeah. Like yeah. she could hook you up. Anytime, go. Anytime someone goes, you know, it's really brave that you get up there. Yeah. It's like, oh man, how bad did I do? <laughs> It's like somebody from Minnesota saying, bless your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah, it's fucking funny. Like, who are, like, who are some of the, um, the comedians you like to watch? Do you like to watch any now that you're doing it? Yeah, I like, uh, I pretty much watch anyone and give like, you know, to see who my next favorite's going to be. I watch a lot of, I, I like Andrew Schultz right now. Uh, I do like Tim Dillon a lot. I like, I mean, my favorite's Dave Chappelle, Bill Burr. Those are... Those are like my favorite guys. I also like I try I try not to get too sucked into like what other comics are doing too. Like I don't want I I I hear things that I think are really funny and then I'll get pissed off that I didn't think of it. You know, <laughs> like that does happen. You know what I mean? Are you ever afraid that you're going to be like you think of a bit and you're like, "Oh, I really hope nobody else thought of this." Yeah, all the time. I mean, like that's that's it happens, I think to to a lot of people. A lot of people will say like, "I've heard something similar to that" or "I've heard or you've heard something when when you see other comics do stuff." You're like, oh, "I heard another guy do something similar to that." I mean, 
there's only so much you can talk about, you know, anyway. Like, you know, if yeah, you're talking about your car breaking down or doing a bit about that, chances are a comic might have done a bit about his car breaking down this and there might be something similar. Original material, is like fully, completely original material is really hard to come by. Yeah, well. But, you know, I think, like, you know, when you get into that that thing of, like, people writing the same sort of material, it's, it's comedic thought, you know? And, yeah, there's, like, a lot of premises where you're like, oh, yeah, this is... This is a good, but with that said, if you do, if you're writing something and it's similar, it means that that was the easiest thing, or it means it was like the, like comedy should be the fourth option. Your punchline should be like the fourth or the fifth option down the line. It should be like the first thing you think about. It should be like the fifth, you know what I mean? It's got to be a fucking surprise, surprise. And I think like if that happens when you do happen to like actually write a bit that sounds a lot like someone else's bit, it means you're in the right, you're on the right fucking path. You just got to go down a little farther on the mm. path. Yeah. Change it up. Yeah. Cause I always thought like, obviously I fucking zero experience, but I'm like, I always like, I'm thinking of something, whether it's my, about my son or anything else. I'm thinking fucking, I hope there, it seems like a pretty common topic. And I was always like, I hope it's not. I will say this, especially as like a new comic, I wouldn't worry about that. What you should be worried right now is your confidence on stage, your ability to tell a story and your ability to convey your ideas, whether they're like super original or not. What you need to do is like really, uh, you need to, find your voice yeah. you know what i mean like it's it's it before you find your words you need to, you need to learn how to talk you know what i mean I so just feeling comfortable on stage it just comes down to like do, go up there with anything and everything you got in your in your notebook and throw it at the wall yeah, yeah. that's the important thing that's is. one thing too i was always nervous about like all right do i bring my phone and look at it just like so yeah have the topic sure. things but Whatever then i noticed everyone does you know yeah. what i mean you've had it you've had your phone out there and you're yeah. trying new material you just done it up there yeah. like that and i was like is that a is that a deterrent for people to think all right well this is going to be shitty or whatever if people are paying right if i did that if i like when i open up for when i open up for whoever i've opened up for uh, like a theater show and i was like all right uh next joke they're like yeah we're never hiring this motherfucker yeah. ever the fuck again yeah. but yeah if you're an open mic like i'm you're at an open mic to crash and burn i like, go that's up the whole the, ver- that's why at, you're there at an open mic i'm bringing a pad of paper up with me that's yeah. the proof. That's not ninety nine percent of the time. It's boot camp. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's the mm. thing. It's like you know, you got to think of like the big shows as NASCAR and the open mics as the Destruction Derby. Like, and there's people that want to pretend like the Destruction Derby. That's the race. It's like it's. I promise it's not. We're here to fuck shit up, and then you use it down the road on like driving skills or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. But yeah, open mic should be looked at as like a place to fuck around. Like just. Throw anything in the pot, see what happens. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny, man, is when I was coming up in stand-up comedy, I was doing like I was going out and touring and shit like that, and then I'd come back and do all the open mics. And I remember getting a lot of shit from people who'd be like, man, Ian just goes up there and he bombs at these fucking open mics. How the fuck is he getting all this work? It's because I was going to the open mics and just working shit out. I wasn't doing my goddamn set. My set was for the road. The open mics were there to fuck up and bomb and figure out what is and what isn't funny on new shit. So you have to Get utilize. The out of the way. No, it's not even that. No. But like, just you, like you're you're given a space to crash and burn. And there's a lot of people that they let their egos get in front of that, and they don't want to allow that to happen. Where it's like, this is the place where it's a padded room, and it's time to like, it's learn. You need to learn how to fall in this room. And if you go into open mic knowing that, then you can't. Nothing really fucking touches you. It's it's you're there to just fuck shit up, drum, you know, yeah, I've, never on got, the walls, I've never gone to an open mic with the thought of like, I'm just going to go up there and kill it. tonight. You know, I, I, my go, my go-to thought at an open mic is 
that joke that I have that really sucks. Let me see if I can tweak it one more time or one different way and see if I can make something out of it or something like that. I'm never. You don't really go up on stage with, on a, at an open mic with your A-list material and go watch watch what I'll do to the crowd on this one. And then you bring out jokes that you do on no, the road or at theaters. Dude, or, I remember we did a fucking we did a show in Massachusetts. Oh, where we got it was a paid show. Cape right? Cod. Cape yeah, Cod. We were at a Cape Cod show and we were doing this. Yeah, this is how we know, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So we did this a normal show, right? And there was a feature comedian. And then after that, like all these other comedians, are like, hey, there's an open mic down the road. You want to go? And we're like, yeah, fuck yeah. So like, I got some new shit I want to work on. He's got some new shit he wants to work on. So we go on the open mic and we're like working on new shit, right? So it's an open mic, and the feature comedian goes up and just starts doing his fucking set in front of everyone. It's like, <laughs> what are you gonna learn here? It's like it, it, you're gonna you might boost yourself a little bit ego wise, but you're not walking away with anything, and that's not the point of an open. And literally mic. all the all the comedians that were at that open mic were at the show that we were on before just to be there. And then just be like, hey, are we all going to the open mic after? And that's what they do. So, in essence, he was doing his jokes that he did at the show for the same people that just saw them at that show. Yeah. So, it's not even like these comics didn't just see that. They all just saw that. You know, that's the other thing. Yeah. And it came down to like, you know, he didn't want to bomb. But unfortunately, he didn't get anything out of it. I don't know. It's just like, if you're going to go to the bank, make a deposit. Why not? You know? And it's also, it's like, if you have nothing else to work on, if you have no new jokes, do some crowd work. Like, because I'll tell you right now, he didn't, I don't remember him doing crowd work at, at the show. Like freestyle crowd work? So. Yeah. Like, go up and like, you know, do some roast, roast some people in the audience. Say some funny shit that might come to your mind right off the top. You know, that do something that is going to challenge you a little bit. Or it's not going to be funny. It's not going to be hilarious. No, I mean, Maybe a- one thing you say might be funny. And then you save that. And you do that the next, you know, at a show. That's yeah. a that's a Bill Hicks quote. I'm paraphrasing, but it's like the the act comes second. Go up there and talk about as much as you can talk about until that fails, and then bring up the act when you need something to fall back yeah. on. And that's actually that's something I do in stand up comedy all the time. Is I'll go up, see how long I can talk, and then start doing actual jokes. You mentioned roasting. I remember coming to one of your roast battle things. Fuck yeah! And that was yeah. freaking because I'm thinking I know nobody besides you. And I had like a couple ideas, like if I ever got like, because I didn't, I didn't even know how it was, the platform, how it was ran, or anything else. And like, I literally am like, all right, I know Ian. I tried to think of a couple things I could use against you, but then you put me up against this guy that had like cargo jeans and a freaking cane or something like that. And who was that? I don't know. I went up there and I just made fun of his fucking leg for like a bunch of times. <laughs> but what I did is, everyone else, you had two different. Two different sections. It was yeah. a war veteran. Yeah. And you went, he went after him no, pretty hard. He fought for a freedom. Yeah. And you were dead. And he was like, "How about that leg?" Yeah. It was like Aridin or something like that. Aridin. I don't hold me to that name. But it was something weird. One of my jokes was like, "Your your family's so stupid, you couldn't decide between two names." It sounded like two different names smushed together. <laughs> but I had ten jokes because you're doing five for each set. So yeah. I'm like, "All right, the ones I knew to me were hilarious." I separated them. I saved the good ones for the last sec uh, section. And then I just threw some fucking waste. You know what I mean? So I had nothing to... Just in case I had... So I needed something to say. So I did it. The judges um, started judging us. And I got one out of the three. And I'm like, oh my God. They're not letting me do the second one. They only did the one round. Uh, so I'm like, fuck. I could have totally just nailed all the ones I knew were fucking... Like to me were hilarious. And I didn't get to do them. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. shit. Sorry, dude. Because... No, I think it was... Mine was like a random because I think I don't know if I was a throwing or whatever. It was just a random one that went up there. And oh, really? He so he went. He continued, but um, yeah, I was fucking. I'm getting off stage. I'm like, fuck. I had like two or three. I to me personally that I thought were gonna be like nailed it because the ones in the first set 
that I knew were like the funny ones, those are the ones that got the laughs out of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dude, I fucking love roasting. Actually, you want to talk about something about like cancel culture in Portland? There's a quite a quite a wave right now in Portland open mic comedy that's very anti roasting comedy. But it's because it's because I fucking love roasting comedy. Hate, they I hate love it. Roasting. Um, roasting is fucking awesome because it's really comes down to like, can you write a joke? Can you write a a quick succinct joke? Can you make everyone laugh in a sentence? And that's what I love about roasting. It's really quick, uh, sharp writing. And uh, it's funny that the people that hate roasting in Portland also can't write jokes. So, <laughs> yeah. eh, you know. Um, you guys know who Alex Hooper is? No. He's a comedian. He was on America's Got Talent. He's actually going to come on the show oh, nice. um, in a couple weeks. He, he's in L.A. and he's coming over to Florida. So he's like, I'll call in during the time. So we're on the same time, you know, whatever. So I got a hold of him. But on America's Got Talent, the first time, he just got – he just – ridiculously roasts all the the what are they called the judges yeah to the point where like it was pretty bad but they brought him on a second time when there was no crowds it was actually this year and he did it again he just individually roasted everyone and they actually passed him they let him go on to oh, nice. the next round is but uh he's it says he's a roast comic but I've, I've watched some of his other stuff and it's you know just standard he's up there doing comedy stuff but yeah, he's going to be on in a couple of weeks. Nice. That's awesome. So. Yeah, I love roast gum. I'm a huge fan. I have, I've done a naked roast before for Skanks Fest. Oh, why? You were up there naked? Yeah. Like 100% naked. Oh, nice. In front of 500 people. No, like, 500 like, or 1,000. Like covering yourself with a hand naked? Or no, you were like just 100, fucking... 100% fucking naked. Yeah, that's the way to so do you it. So do you know what Skanks Fest is? No. Do you know what Legion of Skanks is, the podcast? Mm. With like Big J or Luis Gomez. It looks like I'm going to have to. Though. Dude, check out... Check out... Uh, check out... Uh, Big J being dosed, just it's 15 yeah, it's minutes of the up. craziest, insane shit. So they do this comedy festival in New York City, and uh, one of their bigs and like the headliners this year were like Jim Gaffigan, Artie Lang, fucking Michelle Wolf, uh, just t- t- unbelievable comedians. And then one of the other big headlining things uh, is Naked Roast Battle, where it's roast battle, but you're completely fucking naked in front of a sold out crowd. And I was battling a, a female comedian that had a tampon string coming out of her uh, vagina. <laughs> Good strategy. Yeah, I had, awesome. dude, I had, I had nothing on that, man. She fucking <laughs> buried me immediately with that. Just like, fuck. But that uh, is fucking funny. But I mean, that's the thing. I like, you know, I like. That's why you know, I love roasting. But I lo- like, I love being roasted as well. You know what I mean? I think it's it's the tit for tat. I think people like people that are into boxing, getting hit can't fucking phase you. The same. You know what I mean? Like you got to take punches as 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 well as you give them. Yeah, that's that's where my brother. He's an MMA fighter, and he's he's done a lot of fighting before. He was a trained fighter, so yeah, yeah. He's been punched a few times. He said there's guys who go and train. You know, they think they're going to be all the shit until they get punched in the face, and then their plan is totally different. They yeah. Have to, they have to change yeah. it up. Um, when you're doing the naked comedy, do you have to go fluff yourself a little bit before you go on stage? Dude. <laughs> I, so, I mean, I'm already Irish, right? And the other thing, too, is I'm Irish and I'm fucking big. I'm a big dude, right? Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm like six foot three, six foot three, and a little bit if I'm really like standing up straight. Yeah. And like, in the morning. And then, so yeah. I'm Irish, right? Uh, it is very cold in the fucking theater. <laughs> Uh, it. I'm in front of 500. I'm like in front. Like I, I thought. I think it's more than 500 people. Maybe it was a thousand. It was like either 500 or a thousand. It's one of those. One of those two numbers. But I think it was way more than 500. It. It sold out. It's like I couldn't have been smaller. <laughs> Still didn't have the smallest dick on the show, though. I will say that very close to being. I was like second place for sure. Because everyone else that was doing naked comedy, they were doing it because like they like pro- they look good naked. Yeah. And I was doing it because I fucking love roasting. <laughs> and uh, I remember one of the judges. 
like we were talking, you know, he was talking about jokes, and he's like, I like that you have a stomach on top of your stomach. And I was like, fuck, bro. <laughs> fuck. Yeah, Ari- and actually, Ari Shafir, if you know him, he's a stand-up comedian. Yeah. He uh, he was one of the judges there, and uh, I think his first thing was, why does your dick look so weird? <laughs> so that was the first uh, judging I got from him. All I'm thinking is you went out and you fluffed, and halfway through, it shrunk back up. So they're like, oh, this guy's a fucking liar. Liar. <laughs> oh, dude, no. I mean, I, does it, there's not, there's, it's pretty hard to fluff when you're flicking it like it's a fucking skin <laughs> tag on a dog dude it's bad, it's I'm bad just, when you have to use tweezers yeah. <laughs> i'm just uh, glad to know i'm not the only one yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's one of those things and we got we have a red beard for you know a reason so women know their dicks are small <laughs> it's a red it's not a red flag it's a red beard I, I would, that's fucking funny i'd want to try one of those that's that's fucking funny so we've done and i've done a few if you can get past the naked part then you're coming yeah be I, I've been offered to do naked comedy a few times. We did. Done uh, it. I, I run the comedy festival in town, and we did a strip uh, strip roast battle where if you like, it's two people roasting, and if you got the if you got the better of the other one, uh, the other person had to take an item of clothing off. Oh, really? So we did that. Yeah, we did that where they, people would strip down to their their underwear. That's fucking funny. Actually, you can uh, YouTube it. Uh, a good one to to watch is uh, B Rad. B Rad. Who's uh, he roasting? Jack Slattery, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, and um, it's it's probably one of my favorites. Yeah. If you've ever met B-Rad, B-Rad he does an open mic at his house. Um, I forget where he lives, but it's like down towards Biddeford. Uh, but he does an open mic at his house, so you should link up with him on Facebook. Shout out B-Rad. Um, Is it just under B-Rad? Yeah, B-Rad no, Brad, comedy. Brad, Brad Graffham, right? Bradley, Bradley Graffham, but yeah. he does. He has a B rad comedy. B minus rad. It's a dash, but yeah. he calls it the minus yeah, sign. Com- comes right. <laughs> you got it. There you go. B rad. He's one of my favorite comedians, and he's actually. I'll tell you this. There's another unbelievable roast. Probably the my favorite roast of all time. That I remember. I just got off a flight this time last year. I was coming home from Florida for ten days. And uh, it was like one of the rounds of the, the roast battle Ian had. And I was already in the next round, so I didn't need to be there. But I got off the, at the Portland Jetport, and I had an Uber. And I had an Uber, like, bring me to House of Music. I had, like, my bag with me still, everything. And I'm like, I'm only here for this roast. And then I left. Right after they were done, I left. It's on YouTube. It's B-Rad versus... Um, uh, he stole one of your jokes. Oh, Joe Ellis. Joe Ellis. I shout out Joe Ellis, dude. <laughs> he stole one of his jokes mid mid uh, performance. It's it's one of the best battles you're ever gonna see. I guess you have to know these guys too a little bit, but it's pretty awesome. That's actually that's a joke I don't do ever anymore. No, you don't. I used to do dirtier. I, I used to do well. I used to do. <laughs> I used to do dirtier jokes. But the more I started making actual money doing stand-up comedy, the more that shit just didn't fly, and the shit I was and like again, I want laughs. I don't give. A, I'm not up there to be a fucking artist and making a fucking. No, you better. You don't get my dick jokes. It's like all right, they don't like the dick jokes. I'm gonna write some other shit. But I, the joke that he can I do it like a really inappropriate joke. You can do whatever the fuck you want. So it was about like uh, you, you know give us some of the stuff my grandfather said. Well, it's like it's one of the, so the joke was. Um, but maybe he did it for his roast for B Rad. Basically, was you know B Rad's so fat. Uh, wait, no, what the fuck is... 
Yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, B-Rad's so fat that you can fuck his tits. <laughs> Turn him over and fuck his tits. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like an old joke and it I got had. A, yeah. it got, it, I mean, like, he had a little bit of a lull in yeah. his and his set. And then that, that came back so hard. And, it, the, I mean, the judges were like, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah, and I was like, that's my fucking joke. Yeah, and just immediately decimated. I was like, you just stole my joke. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I stole your joke. Like, fucking like hopefully, that was such a ballsy move on Joe Ellis' part because it's like, he's like, maybe no one will. Uh, maybe he won't notice. I love Joe Ellis. Uh, I do too. I love Joe Ellis. And Shout also, out Joe Ellis. I, I did a, a four-part um, web series with Joe Ellis called My Friend the Caveman. It's just like from like six years ago. And uh, he had recently been broken up with. And uh, and like so he had recently been broken up with. And his diet was he ate a large, a two, a large one large or two, two large cheese pizzas every day. And then 15 or like 13 Pepsis every day. And that was his only diet was Pepsi and pizza every day. And so I did this thing called My Friend the Caveman with him where we would go, like, go to like the Museum of Art and never in there. We had him eat sushi. We went to like a bunch. We Boda, made him like, him, like experience life as this dude who never had. And uh, yeah, I did like four episodes. I love that. the scenes in that, in that um, little series that you did uh, of him eating food that wasn't pizza. Because at one point you guys he went to like boat you guys went to Boda and then he goes across the street right after and gets like a slice of pep at, at autos <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like and then he was like how do you feel now he's like I feel like I'm at home I feel yeah. good yeah. Pepsi pepperoni done like you know we had him one I think our last episode we had him uh, freestyle rap in like front of like a legit audience. Uh, but the only way he would freestyle, he'd never been drunk before either. So that that episode was him like getting drunk for the first time, him trying some sort of, some sort of food, and then freestyle rapping. And so we have this footage of him like freestyle rapping, and like everyone's like going, like they're like, oh my god, like this dude is freestyle rapping. He's so drunk, and the camera clicks off, and then he ran to the bathroom and threw up so bad over the bathroom. Uh, and fucked up the bathroom so hard that they stopped doing shows at the venue. Oh, Shut <laughs> up. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. He was so fucking hammering, threw up so much. They're like, you know what? If this is what it is, we're not having this anymore. And it was like, man, I've ruined it for people. I'd use that as my intro from like now on. Here he is. He's shut down venues literally <laughs> <Yeah>. for puking. <laughs> he's yeah. the guns he's and roses of the situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I was watching. I'm a big Norm Macdonald fan. Oh I yeah, think fuck he's yeah. fucking hilarious. He's great. And uh, there was I saw on YouTube there was an um, interview with someone and they were talking about Norm Macdonald and they said during a big um, I don't know what the event was called but um, there's a bunch of comics and they were gonna go on and Norm said hey how about this I'm gonna go on first I'll soften the crowd up I guess he went out there took an extra hour and he did everyone's material. <laughs> Everyone who That's was going to be going on. That's so funny. When they go on, they just, he said they bombed. Yeah, yeah. Because they didn't, you know, they're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He stayed out way longer than he was supposed to, and he did everyone else's material. That's hilarious. Yeah, something it's like a that. boss move, actually. That guy is fucking. Yeah, I like that. That's like my kind of my kind of comedy. See, if, that, if like someone did that to me, shit, if yeah. someone did that to me, and they were like an like a real comedian, like an established comedian, I would like respect, I would laugh at them. I'd be like, hell yeah, that's hilarious. And then, I don't know what I would do, but. You ever look up, look up Norm McDonald on The View? He, he's very oh, I've seen him times. on the View. I've oh, seen him. They they so eat him a lot. Well, he goes right he back. Eats he them does. Back, he I does. Eat. He really does. He's great. Yeah. But uh, it's so funny. I love that he puts himself in those situations. Oh, he's so. He's a right wing conservative, and they're just like, is let oh yeah. Norm Macdonald? Are you sure? Oh my god, he's a Canadian. Just just look up Norm on the View. He Norm Macdonald, who was on the Man Show. 
No, he was on the Man Show. No, no, no. That was uh, Adam. Oh, Adam Carolla. Yeah, Why Adam am I getting Carole? Norm Macdonald yeah, and Adam Carolla mixed? They look quite a jump. They, dude, they look similar, but yeah, no. Adam Carolla. Yeah, Adam Carolla is very a conservative. A conservative. I'm, I'm looking yeah. up now. I have to. You're look looking up. up the other guy who has his own night show. No, Norm Macdonald was on the SNL. He did the weekly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, no, he, no, I'm just yeah. getting names mixed up. I love. I'm, one of I'm not favorite. high enough anymore. We've been here for two hours. I'm, the high's <laughs> worn off. Okay. My uh, one of my favorite things he's done is just the small scenes he has in. Uh, remember the animal with? Um, oh yeah, yeah. With um, I know you're talking. You know about. what I'm talking with the animal when they're yeah. doing like the mob, and he's like, "Well, what if your mob already brought your own?" <laughs> like he's just kept asking the guy questions to the point where the guy's like, "All right, you're out of the mob." And he's like, "I didn't want to be in this mob anyway." <laughs> but he's he's one of my favorites too. He's fucking oh. Um, Jim Carrey, obviously, he's more of an actor than comedian, but he is my mm. like hero. With uh, he's that's, de- that's debatable. More of an actor, of course, he's more uh, of an actor than a I comedian. Think, I think he started, he started out as a comedian. First and foremost, he is. Comedian. He was a comedian was, first. But like, if you had to think of what is he from? Yeah, you know, he, he's from his acting career. He, uh, to me anyway, he um, when he did Andy Kaufman and Man in the Moon. Yeah, yeah, that is one of my favorite movies of all time. Did you and, see the documentary? Yeah, the documentary yeah, is badass. The documentary is awesome. I've watched it a couple of times. Um, but yeah, that's that made me have like a newfound respect for Andy Kaufman because I didn't really even know who he was that much until that I watched that. Yeah, he really wrestled women. Yeah, he, he I know him and La Freca, <laughs> I respect the, him. The smack that Lawler gave him, like <laughs> in the real video. Oh you know yeah, why? yeah, yeah. He fucking big time, him a good one, big time. Yeah, but he just his humor of how he finds everything funny, even though nobody else finds what he finds funny. Yeah, yeah. it was. Ex- it's hilarious. It's trolling. You yeah. know what I mean? That's oh, what it is. It's so like good. major. It's like a, it's trolling on a different level. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm with it. I like that. Tro- I like that level of trolling. Like an un, a non. If you don't, you have to sit back and look at it to get it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if you're in the middle of it, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. But then if you look back, you're like, oh shit, we got played. You know, like I think that's hilarious. Yeah. So um, you guys obviously um, you guys do this. You have your um wow. Fucking weed uh, catalog, not catalog. Uh, oh, you, magazine. Yeah, magazine. Yep. So, what is your goal? Are you gonna keep? You want to keep doing that, or are you guys still gonna try to push like a full time comic once all this, you know, this bullshit? Well, so I was doing, I was doing stand up comedy full time before the pandemic. That's what I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I, and I've been doing stand up comedy full time for uh like five years, or maybe a little longer than that. But yeah, I've been, I've been grinding it out. And the thing is, like, I always wrote for magazines as well as, as like a side hustle and taught some writing classes and shit like that as a side hustle. But my main source of income was stand-up comedy. Unfortunately, like, that just doesn't fucking exist anymore. So I had to, like, go with the magazine thing. And the magazine liked my writing to the point where it was like, hey, do you want to be the head writer for us? I don't know if that would have happened if I was still doing full-time stand-up comedy. Now, is that, do you write, do you just do articles or do you do articles, short stories, or anything like that? Uh, so I do, my, the, the ones that I do are, it's called 420 Minutes, 420 Minutes, which is an art, I go to, like, a, it's like a, uh, an editorial about like different locations in Maine. I do the Strain Safari, which is uh, strain reviews, and then I do Shop Dog, which is uh, writing from a point of a dog's uh, vision from a shop. I don't know, it's fucking stupid. But <laughs> basically, what it is is I do a bunch of I do a bunch of different things uh, in the magazine, and what really makes me the head writer is at the end of the day when everything's due. And they're like, hey, so-and-so didn't turn their article in on this. We need it done in a day. Can you do it? I'm like, yeah, I can fucking do it. And that comes, to, like, stand-up comedy, Welcome to Maine. I usually, I can sit down just fucking knock it out. And that came from being a dude in, like, high school and junior high that I wouldn't do my project until 
three hours before it was fucking due and I'd always get a B. And so that's what it, it was like. It's not going to be perfect, but I'll do okay immediately. You so, know, like your lines on there. Obviously you're the one that talks in uh, welcome to Maine. Are you like, is it word for word written or is there any, it is, it's a script. Yeah. Like a literally a printed is that a between script. both of you or is that like just your yeah. script alone? I, yeah, I write the script. Yeah. Yeah. Cause your, some of your one liners are fucking so yeah. good. The one. Okay. This is what I was going to mention earlier. The, um, I'm assuming it was intentional, but the one of the most recent ones where you guys said you're celebrities now, and then you're like, you no longer have to drink your uncle's whatever wine from his hot from tub. Hot tub, yeah. And then you just start spitting it back into the glass, yeah. but you dragged it out yeah. long enough where it's it was so much funnier than if you were just to do it quickly. Right, right, right. And no, yeah, all, dude. So, and that's the so so when I'm writing the script for Welcome to Maine, I'm writing his lines but i'm also writing what is mark doing to make that funnier what is mark doing to enhance that and mark for the most part outside of yut is a mime character so like that doing in the glass for that long that was written out like you know weeks before that happened yeah yeah that was it was gold it was so funny i love that part and i'm in with that you know my scripts are progressing and progressing to the i'm trying to add more of that shit it's good to hear that 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 you like that yeah yeah it's just it's the little things i could tell you know just I didn't know if it was just something stupid you guys just did or if you thought that the drag out was yeah. like intentional or something yeah. like that. Well, you know, it's like the reason I said that you sound like Kevin Smith is because I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. Like I listen to a ton of his podcasts, huge fan of comic book man. Like I just, I love Kevin, but he's a, like, he's a dude. He plays the silent dude, but like in the background is rocking all that shit. And I feel like welcome to Maine for me personally, is like my Kevin Smith project. Yeah. It, that's what I, I totally, I totally see that. Um, if you were just, the only reason I'm saying this is because, um, Kevin Smith, Matt always, our buddy Matt used to remind me of Kevin Smith all the time. Long well, he, black well, hair, that, just like he, he had was the, heavily influenced by. Uh, basically, our buddy Matt was a, a, a combination of Kevin Smith, um, Brian from Family Guy, okay, and uh, friggin' um, Cartman. <laughs> like, that, that that's him. That he's yeah. just that. Those three characters all melted into one. And I was going to mention him earlier because we were talking about um, you know smoking and all that other stuff, and. Uh, one time we were at a Halloween party, and uh, that person there made uh, brownies. You know what I mean? Freaking special brownies. And he took a big piece, and he ate it. And then we were there for another 45 minutes. We're getting ready to leave. And he's like, I don't feel nothing. So he took another big piece. And the guy even there is like, dude, you're... Well, here we go. So we leave and we drive from uh, Mechanic Falls all the way to Naples to the gas station. It's like 2 in the morning now. And I recorded, I pre-recorded the Bruins game. We go there, get some snacks or whatever, and I didn't, I didn't try any. You know, I'm fucking completely sober. Yeah. We get back to the house, and now we're watching the Bruins game, and we're just sitting there watching, watching. We're about 15 minutes in, and I just look over at Matt, and he's just completely fucking flat-eyed like this, and he he just looks over at me and goes, "I think it's kicking in," <laughs> and then he was just completely gone to the point. The next day, we were going over our friend Sarah's house. And we are supposed to be, I don't know whether it was board games or whatever, but he didn't show up until like 5 o'clock. We went there at like noontime or something like that. Uh, he yeah. showed up at 5, just still stoned out of his mind, and he was there for, what, 20 minutes? Yeah. He wasn't there long, and he had to take off again. So yeah, like, wow. You should tell him the story uh, about the Super Bowl commercial, James. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, uh, Ian pretty much, I won't, uh, I won't say he dosed me. But <laughs> yeah, I definitely but he dosed, dosed me. Yeah, um, I, did, I did. You guys are still good on time, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, I actually, uh, I will need to go in the next like fifteen. Okay, 15. that's why I was asking because okay. we're at like one fifty six. So. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, Ian, he, we were filming the uh, Super Bowl commercial, and I took January. Welcome to Maine. January off. Yeah, for the Welcome to Maine. I was I took January off from drinking, so I did dry January. So it was like my first night even having any drinks. 
in February, and I had a couple out, and I knew we were filming at nine, so I got I got all my stuff, went to Ian's house, and I get in, and Ian's like, all right, well, he's like, before we get going, uh, just take this, and I was like, what? It was like, I mean, the size of an size, M&M. Yeah, size it, of an M&M. It's, it's very small, and I mean, I could smell it. It was very potent smelling. Um, but I was like, what is it? Is it mushrooms? He's like, no, it's not mushrooms, but just take it. I do like mushrooms, it. but it wasn't <laughs> He that, said, that take it, and I'll tell you. And I took it. That sounds good. And I immediately, immediately, it was like, it burned the inside of your mouth. Like, I, it burned. It was very disgusting. I chewed it up, swallowed it. You could feel it burning the inside of your, my stomach all the way down. And I was like, well, what was that? And Ian's like, that was 150 milligrams of THC. Which is, which is 15 people's worth of THC. Yeah. That's a whole party's worth of THC if you're not really used to edibles. I was so, going to say, I was told to start at 10. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so, and it, and it, it it's worked really fast, too. Because we went down, we went down, we started filming, like, right after that. And I can remember right when they were getting the light set up, like, in my face, I was like, something's not going right inside of me i felt it was burning burning inside of me uh i was so so fucked up for the next two days after that because it was late at night so all day the next day i was walking and i went to the gym the next morning and i got on the treadmill to start off and i i was like felt like my legs were rubber like just couldn't couldn't get through everything i needed to get through at the gym went laid down the rest of the day the next day i woke up i could still feel a highness about me you know what i mean there was something comfortable though it was yeah by then it was comfortable but i mean that next morning when i woke up on that saturday morning i was it wasn't comfortable it was like i shouldn't be waking up i'll say this the reason i wanted to do that is because i knew it was going to put him in a weird not a weird place but in a fun place it's like so not only do i write welcome to maine but i also direct it and edit it like i just you know it's like my fucking little baby project and so i direct the entire thing when he was like fucked up on mushroom, uh, not mushroom, fucked up on THC, uh, he was very easy to direct. Like we knocked out his parts the quickest we've ever knocked out his parts doing the Super Bowl commercial while he was high as fuck. Yeah, we worked with Lee Nelson the day before, and Lee Nelson was really good. He was <clears throat> he he was really fast on his lines. He was really good at his lines. And I remember Ian saying, I don't even remember much of that night, but I do remember <laughs> like getting through some of my lines, and Ian was like, that was Lee Nelson level. That yeah, was good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Lee Nelson, uh, he was a good, good dude to work with. That was good. I yeah. enjoyed that. Totally. Yeah. How often do people ask you to be on the show? Uh, oh, like to be car- like to a be guest characters? on the show, a guest or anything. I got, we get it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of like, oh, looks like. So here's the thing. So I've been Keith's been asking forever. I'm <laughs> no, it's, no, it's, I've been I've been writing this character. We've been talking about Mark's cousin for a very long time in the series, and eventually there will be a Mark's cousin. I want. I have someone in mind, but I do want it to be someone where people are like, what? You know, like I want yeah. that, and I think with that Super Bowl commercial, like. If you didn't know who was in that commercial, as far as if you know like main shit, hopefully there was at least one surprise in there. You're like, that person's in a fucking comedy sketch right now, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, what was the original question? Oh, I just didn't know if people, how many people have oh, asked, asked to be in. Um, I know it's like a, it's a two part thing. It must be you must get that all the time. Well, we get it a lot. A yeah. lot of people will write messages like, "My cousin Jimmy, he's hilarious. Sounds just like you. He's got to be in one of your videos." We get a lot of that. Yeah. Also, when people see us, they should be like, "Let me be." Or, a lot of times, someone will be like, "Let me be in one of your Welcome to Main videos. I'll come in and do this." And it's like, "All right, you know." We also we get a lot of people that want us to share. Not that I think we have like a big following, right? But I mean, we've, we've we the following we've gotten has been big based on like we started this like four months ago. You know what I mean? We're close to like five thousand followers now, just on Facebook. But 
not to say that's big, but like people will hit us up a lot to be like, hey, can you share? You know, I'm trying to sell a boat on Facebook. Can you share that on your page? You know what I mean? Like, nah, man, I can't, can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, I can't share. But I got these DVDs in the basement that have been just collecting dust. I'm going to Bean Supper in Connecticut. Can you share that on your page? Like, nah, man, I fucking. Yeah. Speaking of, do you ever plan on doing a bit about Bean Suppers? Uh, uh, our a... our second or third episode is on being on big beans. Okay. So yeah, yeah. we uh, we did I did a I did a, I did a few jokes. I think we will return to being like an actual like you know episode something bean supper. Um, but I've got to I've got to the, the in a while it will be a while because yeah, I, yeah. I I kind of I, I like looking at your guys' videos almost as a a uh, a comedic. Um, educational video yeah for, yeah you know what i mean so yeah that's i mean that's the the, the idea is kind the of ice the, fishing like got, yeah. to throw history in there and like so if you guys have ever seen larry the cable guy he's got a fucking show called like larry the cable guy across america or something like that where it's a travel channel with larry the cable guy yeah. and not to say that this is uh really even influenced by that but the idea of of you know it's two mainers like i wanted something else of just like hey we're here like i wanted there to be a little bit of history like i wanted there to be some dates thrown around you know what i mean like oh in 1973 this is what happened you know what i mean like that was always in uh the idea in the first episode at the lighthouse the one that started this whole thing off you know i researched it i would have like you know in 19 in 1773 this was built so i'd have that and then i'd write a joke about that then the next fact then write a joke about that fact and that's how that those scripts started is I'd get a, a few historical facts and then write jokes about the facts. Mm-hmm. And so it was an easy way to write because I had the premise immediately. I just had to write a response back to it. But then it also kind of gave the show a little bit more backbone than just like, hey, we're fucking around in Maine. It was like, oh, you might learn or something, kind of, you know. Um, but that's what I, actually, I, and I, I fucking I love history, too. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of history. Yeah, that's what I got out of it, too. When you, I saw the, um, the, the fuck. The ice fishing one. I'm like, there's a lot of facts. You know what I mean? It was like they had the comedy end of it, but it wasn't just some, you know, hobo out there just giving out ice fishing facts. It was funny and you got something out of it. Yeah. 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 And to be fair too, it's, it comes down to like, like right now I'm writing the script, our next episode, we got to film it ASAP is on the history of beer in Maine. And like, I like it because like I learn about fucking like the history of like all this random shit. You know what I mean? Like the ice fishing, the ice fishing ones, like I keep thinking about the hut. Like, you know, the the way that ice fishing started is they would axe into the ice, spear fish, and then when they realized that fish were, like, you know, understanding what the light was happening, they, like, built this... I don't know. It was very fucking interesting to me to, to write the script in the first part because I, I dig that shit. Yeah. Um, one more thing, just because I know you guys got to head out here. Uh, what the fuck is his name? The the newscaster you guys got on... Oh, Lee, Lee Nelson. Nelson. Lee Nelson. How'd you guys get Lee Nelson on there? You guys know him personally? Or James. Just, James yeah. was the uh, one. Actually, he's friends with um, mutual friends of mine. And I guess my, our, my friends told us that him and his wife, Cindy, were fans of Welcome to Maine. That they were like liked our show. So when we were doing the... Uh, you know, trying to get Maine celebrities for the Super Bowl commercial episode, um, I hit them up and he was immediately like... Yeah, I'm in, and he was all about it. So, Sweet. yeah, I like that one. I love at the end. We're like, I fucking hate that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. yeah. That actually, that's that came from we were shooting with Lee, and I didn't really have an ending. And then I thought that that'd be funny if he was like, oh, I hate this guy, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna make everyone 
hate that guy. And then except for Spose, except for Spose, but like if you know, like I know, like if you know Ryan, so if you ever met Spose, he plays hockey, right? No, no, he's no I don't think rapper. So. No, yeah, he's a rapper. Oh no, Spose, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. thinking of someone else. No, I know who Spose is. Yes. But uh, but he's a very very nice guy, and so like and like he is de- he doesn't like the negative. Like he's not really even into playing with the negativity. So like I was like, yo, you're gonna be like the one guy that likes him. He's like, oh, I like that. I like that. I'm down. So yeah, yeah. yeah, I want everyone to be like, fuck that guy. And then what Spose be like, no, oh, I like him. You yeah. know. Yeah, no, that was that was a great one. Um, all right, well, thank you guys. Yeah, thanks for having us, Thank guys. you guys. This is wicked fun. Yeah, coming on here, we got K Dubs from Keith Wilcox. It's all oh, one more quick story. Um, when I play Warzone, uh, the Call of Duty game. Yeah, do we, oh, play, we, I, we, we play, play Warzone? Yeah, yeah. 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 hook yeah. up then for yeah. sure. I play that all the time. Um, whenever I would die, I would always yell "Cheese Chicken Podcast," right? Or if I'm playing with random people, I'll be like, hey, do you guys listen to podcasts? And then someone will be like, yeah, right, you know, let's do it. And so I'll always say, you know, choose chicken podcast, check it out. Or my brother, will be the MMA fighter, will be like, check out Cam Arnold MMA, just to, you know, fuck around. And this one person said, hey, I have a podcast. So I'm like, I'm the kind of person's like, all right, they're probably not going to look at mine, but I look theirs up. I'm yeah, listening yeah. a few episodes just, just because they actually have a guy named K-Dubs on there. No He's, shit. Nice. Yeah, they were like this Puerto Rican freaking... Uh, like no, they don't speak in Spanish, but the whole family's all Puerto Rican, whatever yeah. family, and yet they have a K Dubs on there. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That's dope. That's oh, a man. horrible way to end the show. But um, <laughs> all right, thank you, Ian Stewart, James uh, Tiburge. Tiburge. It's gonna be Thurberg forever <laughs> yeah, for me. It will for me too. Yeah. And uh, K Dubs, Keith Wilcox. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, oh, we can guys. I just before you end it? Can I just say smoke weed, try stand up comedy. <laughs> all right, I, Watch I, Welcome I, to Maine. Yeah. Of course. Thank you. <laughs>